Max, wow, you look super clear today. Super clear, yeah. all up and close. I have to I have to make a confession. For the last few podcasts, I didn't have my camera, so I had to use my webcam. But now I have my camera back. So yeah, we're good. I mean now you I look, look clear. I look I look you, very sexy. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't know about that, but you look vibrant. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. You look much more yeah. vibrant than I've seen in a long time. You look like you've gotten some sun. You 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 looks like your girlfriend's getting you. He loves Austria. Looks yeah. I, well. I got coffee too. Shout out to RC Vitals. Um, yeah, your girlfriend's. Oh, my camera's like focusing and not focusing. Um, let me let me. I think my girlfriend me. loves this podcast. Like she's sitting next to me on the bed because we live at the studio apartment. And she has to listen to me. Them. She has to listen to me being right for like two minutes every every week or so. So I think she she likes that. That was such yeah, a big sentence, you know. Yeah, I'm because with with myself. women, you're never right. So you have to be right yeah, somehow, and you can be right. Yeah, it's crazy how you can be right, but still you lose the argument with women. Well, this Fuck, is I'm true. surprised. Well, this is this is your first venture into this life. Trust me, I've been. Yeah, but it's weird when you're been. when you're friends with them. It's all fair, you know. But as soon as you're in a relationship, it just flips. You're always wrong. Well, we know where you'll be sleeping tonight. It won't be in the bed. It'll be <laughs> on the floor. Um. All right, Max. You know what? We're gonna drop that intro. I'm gonna fix my focus on my. And look at him. You give her that look. Like she's like, oh, I know that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. She um, gave that. It's the couch tonight. Look. Yeah, if you had a couch, because you actually are in a small little studio apartment. So oh, we have a couch, just... but it's 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 shit. It's tough as fuck, and it, it sucks. I've slept so get on used it, to it like get once. Get used to it. You'll be sleeping there tonight and for the weekend. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Enough about your your love life. Let's talk about <laughs> RC. It's time to talk about RC. With that said, let's drop that intro let me find it because i don't know i do this all the time and i still can't find it nitro is the glory but e-buggy pays the bills welcome to the no name rc podcast get ready for some serious bench racing but be warned we speak our minds express our thoughts and sometimes things can get a little rowdy hate and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left the hate coming from the right and let's get back to more club racing and less of this money grabbing book races it's hard to be arrogant when you're always right See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-host and guests as they get together to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Here we go. 100 bucks right here. $100 throw. Oh no! <laughs> I like this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Nitro's the glory, but E Buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 214 of the No Name RC podcast. 
I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. Over there, jacked up on coffee like me, Maximus Mortimus, the arrogant one, in full arrogant form, by the way. Welcome, Max. Um, good to see you're not on the couch yet, but I'm pretty sure that's your future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, guys, so we are back. This is going to be our last full podcast probably for a while because uh, traveling's coming up. But I don't, I know this sounds crazy, but I don't really know who our guest is going to be this week. So I did record with Miko Widmeyer, which I was going to put out this week. But then I'm also recording with uh, Mr. Clayton Young, who's running for Raw president. And he he wants to come on and he has, we started this last night. And it was not my janky internet. My janky, my janky internet was great. His internet wasn't too good. So we're reconvening. As of now, it's Thursday. Max and I are recording, and then hopefully we'll have Clayton Young on. I really want him on because uh, he seems to have some great ideas for Raw. He wants to make some change. He has a lot of insight about Raw, and he's gonna and he's going for Raw president. So hopefully yeah. it's Clayton Young. If not, it's Mika Wittemeyer. Mika Wittemeyer. Mika will probably be next week, uh, just as a standalone podcast. And I'll actually see Mika at Florida Copper Championship. We're going to talk about that. Max, uh, let's do my intro, and then we'll get talking because we have to catch up on a few things. So first off, I want to say thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do this without you guys. The Facebook just went to 5,000 likes. We have 6,000 plus followers. That's awesome. Thank you for all of that. Our Instagram is almost at 1,000K. Remember, I did lose the Instagram um, when I got hacked. So we're almost 1K followers. Don't forget to check us out on, out on TikTok, as well as our Discord, which is getting pretty, pretty exciting in the rumor mill there. Also, thank you to all the patrons of the NNRC. Sorry, guys. I don't think you're going to get early access to this this week just because of the recording schedule. But uh, I'm going to be at FCC. I come back from FCC, and uh, I'm going to sit off and have a chat with you guys. I'm hearing some stuff, but we'll talk about that. But not too much stuff. I'm hearing a few things. Not silly season stuff, but maybe silly season stuff. So if you wish to become a patron or a YouTube member, you can. The links for that are in the written description of that podcast, and you guys really help me out. Invisible Speed, we're going to talk about that and the tour that's coming up. Thank you for uh, all of that. People who have been asking about when the winners are going to be announced for the Invisible Speed, either Robert Badier Mugen win or David Ronafalk Mayako win, I have no idea. Uh, TZO 200 Tires was talking to Nick, says he's got a new tire coming on, he wants to show off. TNR Fuels announced their A main fuel chart. That's a race I'd like to call. I'm going to hit up Chris now, see if I can get over there. High Tech RC, good to see. Power and Champions. High tech getting really, really active. Max is going to be running for him, I think, shortly, if I remember correctly. Uh, Beach RC, shout out to Brent and Lucas and all the guys there at Beach RC. Techno RC, techno, techno, techno. That's all you hear in silly season this week, yeah, this, this last few weeks. So lots of, lots of, lots of techno talk going on. Lugs Racing Tires, shout out to Bryce and, um, and Brad and everybody over there. Papa Willie's Tractionic, hello, Scooter, how, everything's all right. G Spec RC Tuning, we have, uh, Coupon codes for all of this. Shout out to my boy Geoff. Some Padal USA with Hefty. Gotta get him back on her. Clinic RC. Uh, saw they released some Mayako Titanium goodies as well. He's got a whole bunch of stuff. Saw him beating, building his HP tour drive. Shout out to Tony and, and Vicky. Uh, we'll be repping Clinic RC at FCC here shortly. I see the Racecraft USA guys on their way to Alabama manufacturers shootout. I don't know if Alabama's ready for them, but uh, they have a have a good time there, guys, and uh, do well. Shout out to House of RC. Congratulations to Connie Swenson. He's been uh, upgraded to the, not upgraded, but he is now the 
uh, large-scale offered vice or like he's sharing a presidency with that in Afro. We're going to talk more about that. Yeah, he's like they split it. Before it was both large-scale, Onred and Offred was the same mm. uh, chair chairman, but now they split it. So Offred and Onred has their own chairman. So Connie became the off-road side chairman in Afro. Excellent. I can't think of anybody better because Connie is um really passionate about fifth scale. So congratulations to him. Shout out to RCGP who dropped a great video with the bosses with Brent, JQ, and um, Billy Tylaska. And of course, uh, shout out to uh, JTPRC, David Ranafog, and DR Shapur Ranafog. We're going to talk about him in a minute. He had his Facebook hacked. He's all out of sorts about that. Uh, Alex Hackberg, who's busy. He's over in Malaysia. And of course, Robert Battier, who I'll be hanging out with her very shortly in a few weeks. Uh, so thank you to all those awesome companies, guys. I know that took a long time for us to get through there, but you know, we're really appreciative of these companies that advertise with us. We do have our new sponsorship one paper ready for to hand out to companies for 2023. So if you're a company looking to advertise her on the No Name RC podcast, hit me up and I'll get that uh, get our sponsorship tiers out to you so you can find something that you're comfortable with and you know help us help you. So there we go. Thank you for all of that support. Remember, everybody, links in the written description of this podcast. There's affiliate links, coupon codes. Um, if there isn't a coupon code, please just leave in the notes. I heard about this on the No Name RC podcast. Thank you for all of that. Shout out. We got some announcements. We got some announcements, Max. So one of my biggest things has been I wanted to get swag. You know, I don't want to. I'm not really too worried about making money off it. But I know people that want NNRC hats, decals, shirts, hoodies, all this type of stuff. So recently I partnered up with uh, Jason Bukal of Ardent Imprints. Uh, Jason used to be a JQ driver. He's from Georgia. He's got his own printing. He does printing. He does embroidery, all this stuff at home. Great dude. Came out to RCGP, sold a bunch of stuff, gave me a bunch of stuff. You still have to get your hat from Peco because I sent you a hat. And, yeah, I haven't seen Peco in a while, but right. I hope I get one. So Jason had a flash sale last week. We sold some NNRC gear. People are starting to rock it. I appreciate that. If you're rocking any NNRC gear, let me see it. Tag us. So Ardent will be taking care of all of our USA, Canada needs when it comes to swag. Uh, also, if you need any RC, personalized RC stuff or if you're a real company, sorry, or if you're a real full scale, like what you do in the real world needs printing, check out Ardent Imprints because he'll take care of you. So always that's within the problem is I have. I have a lot of things in USA for listeners in USA. I never have nothing for the UK, European guys. And I'm sure, sorry, I don't have much for the Australian or Asia guys. But at least I think we've come to uh, uh, something for the UK and European guys. So along with Art Imprints, I've teamed up with Sean uh, Gregson Berryman, who I, I, I haven't met him personally, but I've gotten to know him over the years. He messaged me sometimes. Uh, he started a business called RC Haas, H-A-U-S. Uh, he does printing, all this type of stuff. He does a lot of stuff. He does it full time. Great dude there in the UK. So he hit me up and it's like, man, I want to be able to, you know, I can do this and we can carry your gear and all this type of stuff. So now I'm happy to say that we've teamed up with RC Haas and now you can get, he's doing like his own, like he's doing NNRC basic stuff. And, you know, he's doing his own thing. He already showed me he's got hats. He's got everything, you know, hats hoodies, all that stuff that you can, I think it's like you buy to order or whatever. And he will be taking care of shipping throughout UK and Europe. So that's good. How that, how that works for me is now like patrons. I can, I, I ask to get paid in product. I don't think these shirts are going to sell thousands. 
mean, yeah, if you want to throw me a little burn now and then, I'm happy with that. That that little bit of mo- that money that I will get from that goes to my RC stuff. But really, it's more about people having the having the swag, having it out there. I want people rocking it. And we've never had it available for the European UK crowd. So I'm happy to announce that if you're in, U- in Europe or UK, you can now pick this up from RC Haas. Uh, I'll have the link in the written description of this. And if you're in America or Canada, hit up my boy, Arden Imprints. He's working on his website now. Hit him up on Jason, as Jason McCall on Facebook. Hit me up or hit him up on Instagram on the Arden Imprints. I'm so happy to have this because making a whole bunch of shirts and then selling them is not as easy. Yes, I always want to have shirts at a track and be able to sell them there and whatever I have left over. But also, yeah. like, I want to give away stuff. So my patrons that come on, we have a giveaway for them. We have, you know, I want to be able to do more giveaways throughout the year to the general public because I just want people to rock the girl. And Jason set me up. He's made me these nice high tech hats, all the hats. He's made me some shirts for the Florida Carpet Championships. Like, you need a good collared shirt, all the stuff. So I'm happy to have this because, you know, I've just been happy to get product. So, yeah, we got USA. We got Europe and UK covered. I'm happy about that. That's good. That's that's progress. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Um. Do we have stickers in Europe? We will. He will have stickers. Okay, that's good. I just uh, ordered a bunch of stickers too to take with me on these next couple of tours. Yeah. Another shout outs. Um, shout out to Roach RC. Met him at um, Masters of Dirt, and he's like, "You gotta check out my content." I did. So basically, he narrates. He's like, "Oh, I always, I have to write such a big script." I see why. So he plays a video, and then narrates over it. So he talks about his race. And then he was, he had a really interesting one. He, he did a video talking about new brands on cars and he talks, he talks in depth and d- goes into the history while his the video is going on. I think it's really good. So shout out to Roach. I think that's Roach RC. That was his nickname. Interesting fact. I was like, well, how did you, he's a young black guy. I was like, how do you get a nickname like Roach? Like, you know, I'm, my mind's thinking like maybe he smokes a lot of weed or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it's funny. He goes, I'm actually from New York and I used to work in a New York zoo as like an apprentice. And I used to be oh, really wow. cool with the Madagascar roaches. So that's how he got his nickname. Um, nice guy. Runs a lot of 10 scale. Check out his video, man. Check out his, his channel. Roach RC. I think it's really good what he done. I, I actually got some ideas from his stuff. So I'm, I'm, Roach, if you oh, see me shit. copying you, if you see me copying you, it's all you, dude, because I like what you're doing. I just and, um, opened I d- his channel, and I don't, I can't, can't realize why the hell I have never seen him. But yeah, definitely go subscribe to him. I I, yeah, I think I've seen one like of it. his videos. Yeah. He um, I talked to him for about thirty minutes one night, and I was just like, "Look, man, just make content and be confident." Like, I he goes, "I see you do things in one take." I was like, "Yeah, but that's." I accept my failures and I'm and and my yeah. bumblings and all that stuff. All right, Max, we have a couple of birthdays real quick before I go on. Shout out to Marco Bruflo. His birthday is today. Madman Marco Bruflo. Shout out to him. Have a very happy Italian uh, birthday. Lots of wine and lemon see you. Shout out to my, God, my good buddy, Jay Snyder. It's his birthday. Ray Monday. I think this is the Ray Monday that you like. The Ray Monday from Australia. R-A-Y-M-U-N-D-A-Y. Yeah. His birthday today. Yeah. Uh, last earlier this week, we had Bobby Moore's birthday, which was yesterday. David Carrasco, another good friend of mine, Mark Vine, top um drag racer. Felice Campanios to Aram Torres, Ari Yaiva. You know Ari, he used to be partners yeah. with Joe Q. His birthday, he went He's, 40. Yeah, he and Joseph uh co founded uh JQ Products, which turned into JQ Racing, and uh, so on. Uh, yeah, he so messages me in- from time to time. 
Yeah, he's a he's a smart guy. He's he's one of those guys that no one knows, but he's really smart with setup and mm. and shit like that. So yeah, yeah. Well, happy birthday to him, and happy birthday to Feliz Cumpleaños to Santos down in Texas. Happy birthday to everybody. If I missed you, I apologize. You know, I just try to show some people some love that I see on Facebook. So hope you guys like that. Max, enough about me for now. Let's talk about you. Uh, you say you have some winter plans. Let's uh, chat to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So during sort of um, during sort of my summer, it was quite tough, to be honest. Like, my plan was to go to the Euros. My plan was to go to the Worlds and perhaps run quite a lot of events. Well, um, what ended up happening is uh, I was sick for two weeks in in May. Then uh, in Spain, I got a little bit sick. And when, when I came back home, I got sick again. So that was in the middle of June. And then in July, I had food poisoning for a week. Then I had COVID. Uh, then I had my wisdom tooth that had to get removed. Uh, then, so that's why I had to skip euros because I just was sick all the time. So I was like, I'm not going to risk being sick and we canceled flights and, and so on. And then for the world's step and decide this thing. So as I said, I think on some podcast, I, I had like four practice days before, uh, August, the whole summer, four practice days and then two races. So it went quite bad in that sense. Um but uh since since then uh after the worlds I've been working quite hard on next year like as soon as I got uh out of the hospital I started working for next year. So uh, for the Finnish viewers and the North European viewers uh I've been organizing um uh, the Finnish national championship as well as some Finnish uh regional series for next year in eight scale uh nitro and electric also the finland will organize the nordic championships uh most likely early to mid-august in vasa uh it's not the date is not yet locked in but the plans are well on its way so if you are from northern europe it's free if you're german you can come if you're polish you can come it's free for everyone even though it's called the Nordics, but uh, especially if you are from Baltic countries, from Sweden, from Denmark, Norway, all I, I, I hope all of those people come in. So that's probably the biggest thing I worked on. Then creating like uh, updated rules, creating updated race format for the Finnish series to make it more interesting for people attending the races. And uh, then for my own, uh, schedule as some people who follow me uh, or my personal stuff, my YouTube, my Facebook, I've been quite inactive on there due to the fact that I haven't really practiced or raced or done much um, recently. But I built an indoor track now here where I live in La Peranda. Uh, my plan is for next summer to build an outdoor track here in La Peranda as well as in Imatra, which is 30 kilometers away. So that's for next year. But for the winter, I'm I'm working quite closely with Hobby Factory, uh, which is the hobby shop I work with. And uh, I'm looking to do more 10 scale as well as touring this winter. Okay. So 
next year I hope to hope to g- gain uh, a level, you know, for myself by practicing all winter and focusing on racing that I can actually have good results next year. I'll be attending obviously the electric euros and worlds, uh, one eight electric euros and worlds, and obviously one eight euros in Redovan. So yeah, Sweet. you've been busy. And I I've, been, admit, I've been busy, yeah. You look a lot better. You're very vibrant. You look uh, like yeah. you have some color to you now. Before, you was looking very pale, very sickly. So um, um, and that's, a, that's a lot of things. Like, wisdom tooths are hard. And, and like, yeah. food, like, heat exhaustion, food point. Like, you just, yeah. like, you just had a bad 2022 when it comes. I guess get all yeah. that stuff out of you when you're young. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, well, that's good. Um. Yeah. So also for, about like no, my ahead. personal stuff, like the YouTube, I've been trying to find a way to make it more, more appealing for, more appealing for me to make the videos because those like from the ground up videos take a fuck ton of time. Like the recording takes like maybe half an hour or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have to edit it, so I get the things I want to get through. Uh, cut it down to like 10 to 15 minutes and then put all the you know effects pictures so it's it's not like it, it takes like what at least 20 to 40 hours to make one of those videos so it's it's quite a lot of work that goes into it i have to edit some video from masters of Dark. i just haven't gotten around to it yeah i have some great interviews i just haven't gotten to it um so that's good, man. And then there might be a chance you you might go to India. Yeah, so I'm Texas. still I'm still in talks with them. Um, they they invited me again. They've invited me almost every year, but I just could have made it. And this year I was like, okay, it's post COVID. I wanna I wanna go there uh, now that I'm I have a decent chance of going there. So yeah, this is like the Mumbai of, Tech Fest. I've been invited to this a few yeah. times. I think Kyle McBride and um I think Robert Badier want Yeah, Robert Robert Majubi, those guys have been there before, yeah. but I I I I have been invited, but I've just never never ended up going, but uh this year uh I'm not I'm it's not yet locked in, but we we have talked about it and I think I think we can manage to do that. So I'd be I'd be interested in going there. I've never been to India before, and and I also was in talks with the people there. I asked the organizer if I can hold like a presentation presentation at mm-hmm. the actual tech fest because it's a big tech festival. So mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. a seminar for people outside of RC about what makes RC great, why I enjoy RC, things like that. And um, oh, one thing too. Um, as as I've been the sort of Finnish national, you know, I mean the Finnish national committee for eight scale and uh, electric and nitro off road. I've been trying to work out the way to, you know, fi- find a way to get RC onto the national television. So that's that's in the planning stages still. But I think we might have a good shot because I've gathered a team of people to help me film the races. Uh, so we might have a chance of getting eight scale off road all the nationals for nationals and perhaps even the Nordics on national TV next year. Excellent! You've been so, busy. You've been busy. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of shit, even though on, online it looks like I've been quiet. But 
in the behind the scenes, I've been doing a lot of stuff, and I think I'm close to. I also have been in talks with uh, a few new sponsors and a uh, few new corporations with well, Hobby Factory as well for my personal career. Um, but yeah, I've been working on a lot of stuff, and I hope that you know before the new year, I can sort of come out with come out with some like good news for people. And also, okay. I haven't forgotten Mayako either. I've been working on designs. I've been especially working on the design for the e-buggy to make it better than the rest of the competition, sort of find the best way to make the e-buggy stand out like the Nitro Buggy does. Um, That's the future. Yeah, right now, my Nitro Buggy stands at 3,100 weight without no lightened parts or like... It has light and parts, but basically the strength of the car is the same, but the weight is 3,150. So that's one project I've been working on the whole year. Uh, basically, just reduced, what, 300, 400 grams out of the car. Um, yeah, interesting things. Um, and uh, yeah, and if someone's like, oh, I don't like a light car, then just add extra weight to the bottom of the chassis, larger than of gravity. So things cool. like that I've been working on behind the scenes, and I've, I've been. Be, if you're a Mayako driver, be be alert on the Discord. I might come up with some exciting things there. Sweet. All right. That's good. Good to hear. So you've been busy with that type yeah. of stuff. Um, no wonder your girlfriend's kind of not into RC right now because you're doing a lot of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, like, and it was crazy. Like before the Worlds, like uh, she was with me at my parents' house. So like almost every night I stayed up until like 3 a.m. wrenching on stuff then at 9 a.m. went to the track and then stayed at the track until like 8 p.m. <laughs> so a few yeah. few days she was definitely a bit pissed but <laughs> we got through I, I can understand why I can yeah. understand why all right um I'm gonna go over what I'm up to so as you guys know next week Tuesday I fly out to Miami meet up with Danny Paz we go up to Orlando to Beachline for Florida Copper Championships. Looking stacked. Lots of European guys. I saw um, Mika Orlowski, the other German, the young German, the German girl that works, runs S Works. Um, no Martin Bayer. Anton Kowalski, something like that. Yes. Um, no Martin Bayer. No. Um, oh, Martin no Bayer was there. No, Martin Bayer was there. Is he there? Yeah, yeah. He was with Matos Benetton and Martin Bayer. Okay, sorry. My mistake. Well, but no Coelho, really though. fast. Yeah. Good. Okay. So no Coelho. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I that's really not... want to see him come though. Yeah. But that's, that's, I, I'm not surprised. Like Coelho fucking yes, during the summer, busy. he raced like every weekend. So I'll, I'll give him, you know, a few weeks of holiday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we have Jamie Hall coming. So that's good. We get to see one of the Hall brothers. Antonio Kowalowski, Miko Wittmeyer, Daniel Kobevec, Trish Neal, Michael Lossi, Max Gotzel, uh, Matthias Benetton, and Martin Bayer. We're going to have Mayfield, Cav, Fend, Brock, Horn, Rifkin, and Dustin there. So that's going to be stacked. Yeah. I think <laughs> all I think all Americans pretty much are going to be there. You know? No Tasman. Um, oh, Tasman's not? Okay. Well, then. No. Does not, not yet. I'm surprised because he's in America. He was last weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was, was there last year, was he? I think he was. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Going to be a great race. I'm getting super excited about it. Um, Danny, Daniel, and TJ have been busy building the track. They'll reveal the track Wednesday. So then it looks like, yeah, the South America tour is going to happen. 
it's been stressful. Uh, but then I come home and I'm actually going to fly out a day earlier than Robert and JQ and leave on the 23rd. It's just a better flight. Save my boy Sergio in Peru. So be in Peru for that weekend. <clears throat> we fly out on the 30th to Sao Paulo, Brazil. We go to Hyundai. We do a clinic there and a race. We fly out of there on the 7th. Go to Santiago, Chile, where we have all three clinics to do. And um, <clears throat> we're going to go to two different tracks in Santiago. And we'll audit her at 12th. That's it. I'm I'm done for the I'm done for the year. Like I'm gonna enjoy Christmas. I I think DNC is looking good. I've already had um one company already commit to that. Thank you, Clinic RC. Appreciate that. Uh, they've already committed to giving me some 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 budget towards that. So I just need to get a few a little bit more budget so I can go to DNC. And yeah, um, just I want to get back to doing some of my RC stuff. I started my boat. Um. You know, I'm going to do that when I get back and enjoy Christmas and all that good stuff and get ready for 2023. But to say where I'm going to travel next year, I have no idea. But I say yeah. where I would like to go. I would like to go if I do travel. DNC, I'd like to go to the e-buggy worlds and I'd like to go yeah. to the 10 scale worlds, to be honest. If I have to get, pick three yeah. races, there's the three races I'd like to go to. And obviously, yeah, e if RCTB happens, I'd like to go to that as well. Yeah, yeah, Ubuggy Worlds are gonna be interesting, I think, mm -hmm. because first time it happens, I bet it's gonna be a bit of a shit show. The format is not gonna be. I mean, they still haven't picked a place and a date. You know, it's right. gonna be confirmed in in uh, December though. Uh, it should be somewhere in Europe, so it's Afro Block. But yeah, okay. I I hope it goes I well. Here's Barcelos, but I think what's gonna yeah, happen when they, I think what's what we're gonna see now is a lot more e buggy tech coming out after this yeah because now it's yeah, legitimate so mm -hmm. now it's legitimate all right max you know what um enough oh Ooh. Ah. E. Ah. Ooh. i forgot uh impromptu because we didn't write anything down we were supposed to but we forgot so for 2023 we're looking to get somebody to join this mm -hmm. motley crew of misfits that's max mostly you and i and um jq doesn't really have too much input on this when he's interested he does but basically what we're looking for is an apprentice going in, not an apprentice, somebody that wants to learn what, what we're doing, wants to help out, wants to be cool, wants to be part of something that I think is cool in RC and uh, join our NNRC uh, team here. Because basically I've said this before, I'm looking for somebody a little bit younger, not because I just think that a younger person is better. I just think they have more time, a little bit more, or you just have to be really geeking out on this type of stuff. You have yeah. to be, and you have to be like, the thing is like when you're old, you have your things, you know, you're good at when you're young, you're still figuring out, you know, you right. might this learn, is, you learn stuff faster too. Well, this is as, as silly as this might sound, you will actually learn something here too. So, yeah. you know, by rights, we actually do produce a radio show every day, every week. Uh, so we're looking for somebody to join that team. You're going to work in the producing side of things in the background. You will be involved as well. So when we're doing shows like this, maybe not every recorded show, but definitely want to do more live shows. I need somebody there to help me out with that. Um, I need somebody to help me out with social media content, small, just small things like when I need, like make a banner, make a post, stuff like that, helping me get topics for the week because it's getting to the point now where I can't see everything and I need some help. So that person has to be geeky, geeking out, nerding out on RC, you know, all forms. I, okay, on road, not too much because I have people that geek out on that, but definitely eight scale and 10 scale to an extent. They have a decent setup where they can do stuff like this if we need be. 
um, or they they have a, a good understand. I mean, any type of this, any type of IT skills would be great. You know how to do websites. You know yeah. how to do that. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a competition for this. So I want to do yeah. a competition where you're gonna have to like make a short video, show me what you can do, why you want to be a part of the NNRC, what you like about it, um, what you think this will help you do, what you would like to see change in the NNRC, what you think you can do help change in the NNRC. Make a video about that. Showcase us some of your work. And um, yeah, I think the best thing we can do is just hit us up at the on the NNRC <clears throat> Facebook page. Uh, I know some of you on the Instagram page will have to inter- probably on the Instagram page, but we'll see that. Say attention, apprentice competition, uh, NNRC apprentice competition, competition, and send us what you got. Like, show us your socials, show us how you how you operate on social media and how you do things and what you can do, or maybe some websites that you're working on, some photography that you've done, or your knowledge of RC. But basically, we're looking for somebody to join our team. Uh, I I know I said this. I kind of want them in America because then we'll be on the same time zone. Um, but I also want help from people around the world. So it, it's no problem that I have somebody that maybe is in Australia that can give me ideas and stuff like that. We want to expand. We want to do battle. I really want to do more live shows. So we're going to have a competition. Send us your videos, send us your socials, show us what you can do. Then we're going to narrow it down. And then I think Max and I will figure out who we're going to pick yeah. to be an apprentice for next year in 2023. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <clears throat> All right, Max, we've rambled on for enough. I think it's time to go on to some uh, RC news that is brought to yeah. you by High Tech RC and TNR here at the NNRC, where we are proud to be uh, part of High Tech RCD. They are leading RC systems, delivering the highest performance and reliability, supported by a dedicated customer service personnel. They have the HSBC 938TH1s, sorry, 381TH servers, as well as their new DB778WPs which are more uh, designed for 10 scale <clears throat> purposes. Both are manufactured with their high technology, industrial servo innovation uh, that high tech does, because remember high tech does a lot of industrial servo stuff. Uh, the R- <clears throat> excuse me, the RDX2 Pro Charger, which I use, I was using it yesterday to uh, store some batteries before I go away. You can charge two batteries at a time. Uh, it provides uh a power outlet for your engine heating needs and as well as a USB port to charge up anything that you or power anything via USB. Trust in high tech, your server and charger headquarters. Visit hightechrcd.com slash where to buy to find your nearest dealer. Uh, thank you, high tech, for your support. And um, yeah, RC News. So <clears throat> we have a few things to talk about uh, right now as we're going on. The 10 scale nitro touring car worlds are going on. And uh, Okay, so you changed it up. I thought that Balestri took TQ with the Super Bowl. No, so so basically, Naoto and Balestri were tied for TQ in points, but Naoto, with a better time, got the straight TQ. And then Balestri, Yils uh, Kroskamp, and um, Dominic Greiner, I believe, were in the Super Bowl, which Balestri took. And he, he and Naoto are now the two finalists. And I believe it's tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow is going to be the finals, semifinals. Um, oh, they, so they, he's just guaranteed a spot in the final then. Yeah, so in, in on-road, how it works is if you TQ, you guarantee a spot in the final. And then the second finalist comes through the oh, okay. Super Bowl. So Balestri and Naoto are now the two confirmed finalists, which is quite like... 
after qualifying, it was top three were all Infinity drivers. Mm. So quite quite good performance for them. Uh, last time, obviously, Naoto took the World Championships in 2018. So, yeah, it's interesting to see what's, uh, what's going to be the race um, now. But I think Naoto has a good chance of taking it. I will have to say this. Red RC is there. I have another guy, Tony Firth. He's from... Uh, Australia, he's there doing his thing. RC Racer Chat, I believe his YouTube is, or his Facebook. <clears throat> Red RC is doing a bang job of coverage of it. I must admit, not yeah. they don't have the live streaming, but they got the videos. They got great things explaining on the website afterwards, all that good stuff. So it's good to see something like that again. Yeah, I think uh, actually now as sort of a side point, I think Red RC did a very professional coverage of RC. I think the issue was just that. The funding for them, Mm -hmm. it's basically like in terms of business, it's more profitable to do nothing and for people to pay you ads than you to go to races and try to get support and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. No, you work more, but you make up, end up making the same profit, you know. So that's probably why they stopped doing this. But I think skill, they have the skill and knowledge of how to make good production and i think mm-hmm. like again like as soon as they do it it's good so i wish uh people inside the industry would support that side of it more instead of just paying for them to post your new titanium screws or whatever silly stuff it is i agree with you there but great to see i have enjoyed it uh hopefully it, it has been live stream scotty's there but I think I've just missed it because it's time. I'm like, at that time, I'm kind of, yeah. I think it's 11 hours ahead of me. So yeah. um, basically when you sleep, they drive. And when you awake, they sleep. Yeah, I'll watch the replays pretty much. So mm-hmm. that's about it. But good luck to everybody over there. I know you want Nato to win. I think we're going to go. It looks like if Balestri finds for speed and Grainer as well, we might have a great race on our hands. Oh, definitely. Um, big news this week, HB's. Two-wheel drive buggy finally dropped like six years later. Yeah, that's like, that's one of the most anticipated two-wheel drive buggy. Like, because it was supposed to come out like 2017, pretty much. Like, that's when David ran the first prototype of the car. So, what? Yeah, five years ago. And uh, now that it's come out, it's... The most to most expensive tool drive buggy ever created, probably, <laughs> and people definitely have criticized it for it. I oh, don't, I, I don't really, I don't really have any big opinion about it, but I, I think six hundred sixty is a bit too steep for a tool drive buggy. That's what I'm gonna say. Did you see anything about the car that you noticed that design wise? Because that's what you go for right off the bat. Yeah, I tried to find pictures, but I couldn't see any pictures from inside the gearbox. I think that's the most interesting part of the car. Uh, I'm trying to, I'll try to look for pictures for, so I can, I can probably make a post on Facebook if I find something or under the NNRC. Um, but generally front end is, is, well, I'm not going to say AE copy because Torrance has his own arm design. I do like how he did the hubs and, and stuff, but generally the front end geometry, and I'm pretty sure the rear end geometry is quite close to AE. Um, the gearbox obviously is, uh, is their own design. It's uh, made with two bulkheads instead of that typical typical plastic uh, two-piece one. They made aluminum bulkheads with the gears inside. And uh, I think 
that's probably the only interesting part of the car uh, as of now. Um, I will try to find pictures of it from the inside, but I couldn't find it from their website. Um, yeah, geometry wise, nothing. <clears throat> it's it's like okay. It's I'm not gonna say a copy, but uh, it's I'm nothing sure innovative. Gonna, <clears throat> I'm pretty yeah. sure you've just pissed off all the HB fans. Yeah, I so, know. But here, like the you, thing you is that not savage, though. You were not. Savage. Yeah, the, the thing the thing is that I respect what HP has done more than a lot of the other brands have done with Tool Drive. You know, like a lot of the other brands just straight up, you know, copy the AE design. Um, I think I think like it's hard to say because like even the front chuck tower looks the same as AE. But I think I think Torrance has good things that he does, like the arm design. I like it. Uh, okay. It allows you to, especially if you're on the dirt, it, it keeps the arms better. Uh, I don't know how much the arms weigh, but you can tune the flex with the plates, which I like. And um, I like the way the he did, did the yeah. I like the way he did the gold wing design as well. And the gearbox interests me because I think there's some cool things about that. But I, I'm ninety nine percent confident that it's not going to be any better than any other cars in the market because the two wheel drive market is quite competitive. There really isn't, there really isn't anything too crazy about any car to make it so much better than the other. It's like you could put all the two wheel drive cars next to each other and like virtually in the same boxes, uh, and. To talk about the price a bit more, people say, oh, it has so many aluminum bits. But in reality, That's I don't the cheapest want... part. Yeah, like the thing is, the reason why they make it aluminum is because they don't want to invest money into this project. They, mm -hmm. want, to, they want to make the parts uh, or the production, like a small batch of production as cheap as possible. So investing into a mold for a rear hub is like, what, 10K, probably 5 right. to 10K, 15K. Instead, what they've gone is they make a small batch of cars with aluminum hubs and they sell it for more money. So the profit margin stays the same. So effectively, they make more money this way. Um, but also they get less exposure because they can they attract a smaller uh, right, part right, of right. the market. Right. And, well, I get what you mean. And also, uh, to add on the, oh, it has a lot of aluminum parts argument. Uh, I have yet to hear a weight uh, weight measurement of the car, but I'm very, very confident it's much heavier than the other cars in the market because front aluminum hubs, rear aluminum hubs, and that's especially unsprung weight, which generally you don't want. Um then lots of the pieces don't seem to be lightened enough, at least from the looks of it, to match. Because you can make an aluminum part that has the same weight or less weight as the plastic part with having the same exact strength. Mm. You can do that, but you have to really like make it that way. And those parts definitely don't look like they've made that way. Uh, but I'm not going to say anything definitive until I've heard how much it weighs. But my estimate is that it's quite a bit heavier than the other cars in the market. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I have to look into the gearbox. There, 
I think Ranafok said there was something interesting about the gearbox when I talked mm-hmm. to him about the car like a year ago or something. Um, but apart from that, I I don't see anything in the car that's worth six hundred and sixty dollars or whatever the uh, map price was. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'm sure we'll. Well, the one good thing about this is we'll. I think we'll see more people like Fuller's. Um, oh yeah, Jackson Bronson too, because mm-hmm. he he ran a lot of ten scale. So I think we're gonna see probably those guys racing a lot more ten scale. I don't know yeah. if we'll see and Cole also, and Pavidis. Yeah. Pavidis and got also, one too. Yeah, Pavidis and Cole are definitely gonna race more ten scale because next year is the world's mm. year. It's in America. HB sort of shifted from being more European based to being now much more American. But pretty much all of their team is in America mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So definitely, eight, the reason why they now come up come up with this car or come out with this car rather is because of the fact that the worlds are in America and they have quite a strong team of young drivers. And the thing is like. Pavidis is a guy who lives in California. Fuller's pretty much used to drive only 10 scale racing. Yeah, Fuller's used to do more 10 scale than 8 scale. Cole is probably the only guy who's dominantly 8 scale guy mm-hmm. in their team right now. And I, I wouldn't be even a little bit surprised of seeing Fuller making a main at the Worlds, most likely in both classes because their full drive is really good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think they will do good, and I don't think the tool drive is going to be worse than the market. But Not I, don't, you. I know what you mean. I don't think it's better than mean. the market. You know, I get what you Any time will tell. Yeah. All right, moving, moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on. Raw president voting. Uh, like I said, Clayton Young and Larry David. Uh, my uh, hefty put up a, a comment. Uh, his track rats, track rats podcast. They put a comparison. Larry David's done two events since 2015 and two raw events i believe since 2015 and clayton young has done 11 uh hopefully at the end of this but our guest will be clayton young if we get it recorded i'm hoping that we get a recorded with him so if you want to change things in raw check them out at raw racing their the voting goes on to the end of the month so it finishes 31st of yeah. november uh Bertan wins nitro killick takes e-buggy at the winter cup in padova um some fast guys there. You had Barkan, yeah, Barkan, Baruflo, yeah, Polito. Murak couldn't make it. Uh, he had to yeah. work. Yeah, all um, five Italians except for Ongaro, who doesn't go to Padova ever again. Um, and uh, Kilic brothers, Clancy, Volanka, Clancy went. I forgot about and that. Max Hesse. Uh, so Barkan actually TQ'd both classes. Um, but he he had no breaks for last twenty minutes or something in the nitro main. He ended up finishing third behind Baruffolo and Berton. Berton obviously who took the win, and Berkan won the e buggy. So um, with yeah. Baruffolo finishing second. So yeah, that's Polito. I think was was up there, but not really that competitive. Wolanka finished seventh. Oh, Wolanka um, was there. So I haven't seen the, yeah. I haven't seen the results. All the results. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think that's probably our last big Euro race to Montpellier. There might be some small um, races there. Will, there will be there will be the one man one race in Padova, like right before or right after New Year. They always have. Okay. So there'll be okay. one more race in Padova, then probably Montpellier is the next big race in Europe. All right. Uh Rifkin wins 
four-wheel drive. Horn takes two-wheel drive at the AE race. Team Associated Race at Trackside Raceway. This was stacked too. Cav, all done glass. Yeah. You can see that the shift is on now. It's like, all right, eight scales, almost done. Mm-hmm. You got one race yeah. left. I know two real races. Well, one race left. That's this weekend. We're going to talk about that in a second. And then, um, yeah, you can see the shift is good. Even myself, I'm shifting to 10 scale now. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm all wrapped up for 10 yeah. scale next year. But yeah. good job for Horn. Um, not great win for him. Rifkin, Rifkin's doing well, man. You know, he's he he he's he, his second, his last quarter of this year has been good in ten scale. Yeah, I think I think Rifkin just dropping the eight scale. You know, I think since Worlds he doesn't done any eight scale. Right, but, but I think it, him, this weekend I think. Yeah, he's probably going to AMS, but I think like. Especially if you look at his social media, he's pretty much like practicing 10 scale, doing videos about 10 scale all the time. Mm-hmm. I think Rivkin is just in general a much better 10 scale driver. I, I think, I don't know, I really can't pinpoint anything in his driving style to explain it. I, I'd have to look into it more. Mm-hmm. But it's just something, I think it's just that he likes to be very precise and he likes a car that drives very sort of neutral in a way but you know and i think he just can't do it with the eight scale the way it is right now like the rear the positive offset rear end and the pillow ball i think it doesn't allow him to do that you know mm. i think cavalier rib can have a similar driving style where they drive car very neutrally so i, I that's my like guess <laughs> like educated guess but i'd have to look into it more but I I mean it would be silly not to expect Spencer to win another two wheel drive title in four wheel drive. I don't think he's as good generally, but I think people like Orlowski, Champlin, uh, Fend, Coelho are much more likely to be in front of Rivkin. But in two wheel drive, uh, I'd expect Rivkin to be good. Obviously Fend too, but I, I think. Rivkin has a better chance in two-wheel drive. I'm putting my money on Horn. I'm getting all in on Horn. I I think Worlds are uh, a big, a bit, little bit, little bit of a too big race for Horn to win. Like well, also, because it's like he can't make like the, the thing about the Worlds, especially in ten scale, is that there's so many good guys. Well, like, then in we're going to see the addition of guys like Ranafalk, Ongaro, maybe I can ask. Yeah. Like as well, but Ronald, that's not guaranteed yeah. that they're gonna be fast. Let's just say that that's not guaranteed. No, but fast. I think I think Ongara Ronafalk are guaranteed to be fast. We I think see. there's no question. I think you're slacking on Aiden, man. I watched him. I watched him live. He's really good at ten scale. Yeah, yeah. Really I mean, I'm just Brady like Aiden. I. I mean, I want to believe that he could do good, but I just haven't seen you know like I haven't seen him do apart from the Roar Nats in. 2019 mm. i haven't seen oh no 2020 i don't know which 2021. Year, when he finished 2021. 2021 okay not sure apart, apart from that i haven't really seen him be like you know like oh this guy's like fast you know like i've been like oh he's doing good but i've like haven't had that you know moment of <laughs> him being like oh like oh shit he's fast right. like well, rivkin at 2015 worlds or rivkin at like 2019 worlds you know that sort of because Rivkin, when he's on it, he's on it. You know, winning those Roar Nationals at Thornhill, like he fucking pretty much dominated those mates. You know, 
So he he has that like oh shit that guy's dominating, but I haven't seen that from Horn, and that's why I'm like hesitant to pick okay. him to win such a big race. I but I mean, you. I definitely could be wrong, you know. I don't. I, I I'm not that, that into Tensco, so I All hope right. he approached me wrong. Paulson beats Arlowski in two-wheel drive. Arlowski wins four-wheel drive at the um, Euro Buggy Masters held at Paulson's home track. Um, yeah. I, did you have you talked to anybody that went to this race? Yeah, I talked with. But I, did, did, well, I, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't talked about uh, personally with anyone, but I read Jonas' race report and Mikhail's race report. And, okay, and so like she that. did beat him. She did beat him in two wheel drive. Um, but I heard there's like, I don't know. Maybe that's a patron only part right there. What I heard. So um, okay, <laughs> I but, uh, I haven't heard too much drama, but uh, <clears throat> I heard the track was like really weird yeah. in terms of like it was really tight. Yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. like, and uh, like that's pretty much the style of track I know. Right. Jessica's normal home track is this wasn't at her home track, but yes, this it was, was race set up. No, no, it was they rented a hole, right? But it, up there. They've, they've raced her before. I don't um, know specifics, but I heard the layout was quite uh odd, and that's why Michael struggled in two drive. Same yeah, I heard he struggled, but um, I heard I heard a few things about this race. Um, maybe I'll save this for patron only part. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, congratulations but, to but Jessica Paulson. Like, yeah, to be honest, That's a good Jessica, victory yeah, Jessica is actually uh, quite, I'd say she's better in 10 scale than she's in eight scale. I think really? her driving, oh, she I, I think, yeah, well, she has, and she has made the main at EOS. I think okay. at least he, she made mm-hmm. the main at EOS with the Kyosho tool drive. No. All right. Well, she'll that's, probably be running an HB. Well, now with the HB coming out, she'll probably switch over to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she has a deal still with Schumacher. She, she does. Or, or I don't know, but I think usually Schumacher deals end at September. At least when I ran for Schumacher, the deal was from September to September. So okay. I don't know. Like I don't think she's gonna be a Schumacher next year. I don't know, but I think they sell Schumacher. You know, and we to be sell. honest. To be honest, if you race on carpet, I'd rather sell Schumacher than HB. If it was third, then the other way around, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Jessica is actually, especially on carpet, 10 scale, she is very good. Uh, I think okay. her she's very smooth, very gentle with the throttle, so she can very use robotic. a lot of power. Yeah, she can use a lot of uh, power from the engine, or from the motor, rather, and still like control that with her finger. But in eight scale, that often hurts her. You know, that sort of like on high grip, she does generally well. But then when it's low grip, she's too smooth to sort of break traction. And that's my sort of analysis of why she does well. And I don't think her winning, like I'd obviously say Michal is much better than her in 10 scale because Michal does this, like that, that this is his jam kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though there might be some like, little bit like um drama in the track setup and layout and all that i don't think you can really take much away from jessica anyway because she is like she is really good at that as well yeah <clears throat> but this this is this is when when you're like a world champ well like he's not a world champ but well he is no he isn't a world champ but when you're no, like okay. of the status orlowski like every race you go to you know everybody's gonna be gone in for you um yeah but Oh, good. I- I'll see him next week. Congratulations to Jessica Paulson. It'd be interesting to see what she does 10 scale next year. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick 
ad break because, you know, here at the NNRC, we're all about that glory and that glory is Nitro. TNR Fuels is the hottest nitro fuel on the market, owned and operated by Chris Nelson and his family, made by racers for racers. Fuel is currently available throughout the USA, and I do believe he has international shipping set up. For more information to support the company, purchase some fuel, get it in your local hobby shop, visit www.tnrfuels.com or contact Chris Nelson directly at chris at tnrfuels.com or just hit him up on House of RC or Facebook. Thank you to TNR Fuels for all your help. You can find all the links for that in the written description of this podcast. All right, Max, big moves, big moves, big moves this weekend at EFRA. Um, not surprised at this. So um, Javier Garcia as Renault has re, um, quit as resigned. resigned as F for president. He says he's not going to run again. I think they, you know, his term was up. And um, I I had heard about this a while ago, to be honest. Okay. So I've heard about this way back in July. That this was going to happen. Um. I didn't know why I didn't really put too much effort to, but I heard that he was going to, I heard that he was going to resign. He desperately wanted to talk to me. Oh, I desperately, and both of us kind of wanted to talk to each other at the world, but never got around to it. But yeah, uh, Javier is out and now we have a new president. Her name is um, Jan, sorry, Jacqueline Abil. So apparently she is, um, was the treasurer for, for Afra. So, She's now going to be the president. Uh, Carlos was, so this is how, the, so I, I did, so the one thing, good thing about Afro is they had the minutes up. I, I breezed through the minutes. Uh, there were a few people that contended this um, at first, and then they kind of dropped out, and then it came down to between her and Carlos Gomez, yeah. and she won, like, by us, landslide. So, yeah, that's our new Afro president. I think you know anything about her? I don't personally know anything about her. I've never seen her race, but generally the Afro presidents aren't people who are that into the racing side of things, rather the managing of the federation. Mm. Uh, but she definitely, I bet she has a quite long history in RC. She's from Switzerland. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I personally don't know anything about her, but I think, I think she'll be good. Um, she'll definitely have a bit of a hard time I bet because of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Carlos, people like that are much more vocal. They are, you know, I mean, you can look more. at the minutes, you can look at the minutes and see. Yeah. So I took some time to breeze through the minutes this morning. I didn't get through them all. Max, you had some issues with the eight scale. Let's go with that real quick. Cause you, you went right to the eight scale stuff. I didn't get that far. I was just reading like it yeah. from the beginning, from the beginning. What's some of the eight scale stuff that really you're not, you're just not happy with. Well, um, I think the issue with Ephra is, like, I read through the minutes and, like, pretty much all of the rule amendments they did was change a number to from, like, two to four or change a word from is to was or, like, some nitty-gritty shit. No real change. And the funniest shit was that almost everything was... uh, Re, uh, like almost everything was um, what you call this presented by Pineda or Carlos, and then I amended by amended by Carlos or Pineda. So pretty much it was those two guys going back and forth throughout the minutes, and then as soon as someone else proposed something, like for example, Finland proposed that European Spent championships tire. would go to a control tire 
this would this would be in my opinion the best move Efra could make for a few following reasons um first reason is most people who go to an european championships fly in so trying to you know get tires for a race that's one week you know uh and you need to basically take like if there's only one tire that work you have to basically take like 10 to 15 sets of those tires Mm-hmm. But you don't know what time one what one tire works because most of the time, if you go to the warm up, the track is completely different than at the Euros. Okay, so basically you have to take forty sets, fifty sets of tires to be sure that you have the right tire. And even then, you might not have the right tire. There's a chance you don't have it, and then you have to buy the tires at the race. So there's 150 guys showing up to the race with. 10 to 15 sets uh, 10 to 50 sets of tires on top of that the manufacturers bring their own tires so hot race ships like tens of boxes to the race uh, mm-hmm. aka ships mm-hmm. some amount of tires to race so it's, it's a lot of cost that's what you're it's basically a saying of, it's a lot of costs it's a lot of logistics and even this year what top five top six was all hot race at the euros so like What's the point for the other brands to even show up? So instead of doing that, what we would do is like what do you do in 10 scale, which is have a control tire. You'd allow everyone to have two sets each day or one set each day. How many is, you know, need to wear the track? People would show up to the race, buy the tires from there. And because it's such a big race, Efra could buy the tires straight from the supplier. Uh, they could sell the tires at no uh, profit. So it would be really, really cheap to the attenders. And uh, in the end, we'd have races where, like, even at the world, like people who were sponsored by other brands run like mm-hmm. other brands. So, like, it's always silly when that happens. People, it's, it's just extra, you know. Drama. E- extra drama, you know. It is, though. But, uh, so that got rejected. I assume that, that got was rejected. A- yeah, that got rejected Let straight me guess. away. Was it Carlos and Pinata that rejected it? Well, th- those two pretty much like were the first ones to reject it, and then they had a. Then that was like straight up rejected, and then the Finland pulled that. But then Finland suggested that um, a rule that because there already exists a rule that if you have an F for GP, which is basically like Euros warm up or any european race uh under like it's not the european championships but it's a race run under Efra, like effort gp and in the rule book it says you can uh do uh a spec tire for races like this but there's not any like it is a, it, it's a, it's just the organizer can choose to have a spec tire and that rule they amended so that you can't have the same brand at multiple races within the same year you know so that rule they put in, they, they, they voted for it, and that even that got turned down. So that, those are pretty You know what I thought was amazing? Old. So yeah. uh, the membership costs $1,000 for the year, I think it was. Yeah. To be able to say F approved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, so like all these companies that yeah. want, you know, I guess you have to get all that stuff approved anyway. 
But to have to be able to use that logo on your promotion, it has to be effort approved. It can't be anything. It was very, very, I was like, wow. So this is, so that costs. And this is where they're making money too. So, yeah. yeah. And the, the funniest shit is that EFRA has probably what, 150, 200K in the bank just sitting, you know, <laughs> just sitting doing nothing with it. Um, and you can see this because it's all public information. It's in a mm. Swedish bank account, at least last I checked. It's a Swedish bank account because EFRA was brought from Sweden, I believe, back okay. in the day. So, yeah, it, it is it is there. They have money. Uh, they just collect money from people and end up most of the time doing not doing much. Um, I think we're going to go more into this in our rent because what why have you resigned has a lot to do with this. Okay. Uh, well, I do. That's fine, but we just want to give people an example of what these type of decisions are being made at this annual general meeting. Yeah. So basically, everything that passed was something nitty gritty. Everything that didn't pass was something that could have improved things or at least changed things to a certain direction. Mm. But this is this is the issue I have. So the issue isn't that um, you know. Efra, like my point isn't that oh, Efra sucks. My point is that. Like the point of EFRA is to be a federation to keep, you know, some sort of organizing, so, some sort of you know, continuity and prestige for these races. But if EFRA doesn't get on with the times, what is the point of having it? You know, like there is really no point of continuity if, like right now at EOS, there's there was 400 entries. At EOS, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, and stadium truck. There are 400 entries, and every European Championships barely get 200, barely, in intense scale. So how come, like, what is, uh, why is that? Why is EFRA suffering from, like, at least, thanks oh, yes, to has, EOS has more classes. We're talking about two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. That's it. No, no, but, like, even if you look at those two classes, US like almost has doubled them out, you know? So why are these races so much more attractive? What makes them more attractive for the people? Why do they get less criticism than every European championships? Like that's the real issue and that's what effort should be solving. Not that if the rules have typos. And the funniest shit is that it's like, well, I don't want to be too mean here but it's the two spanish guys writing the rules so the english is broken as fuck most of the time <laughs> on there so like if you read the rules there's like the wrong words used to describe something mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's yeah. endless endless issues in the rules but what they're focusing on is if there should be uh, is or are there and that's the rules they're changing but instead of the eight scale body shell rules which basically state that you can run a fucking beetle body on an eight scale car, you can still run a front and rear bumper with a beetle body on an eight scale car, and that's perfectly legal. There are no rules to, uh, to it actually says that if you run uh, a body that covers the tires, they have to cover more than 50%. That rule still exists. You can go and read it. So they, are, they aren't focusing on shit like that, they are focusing on something nitty gritty that doesn't make any difference. You know? Is an R, but, is an R. That's yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's like my biggest issue. Like those things should be worked 
in like like because it's well, okay so now i've been just kind of ranting and getting no, can we keep the rant on a little bit because you've been getting yeah. on for about 10 minutes but, on this one yeah but i want to i want to sort of suggest something for afro for next year so instead of uh, having this general annual meeting where people fly into and then decide of which word we're going to use in this part of the sentence you should have committees that decide like let's say 10 people committee for eight scale and they meet like once a month through teams and there they vote within themselves uh about changes and then that is then posted like every six months to a some sort of online forum where a representative from each country says uh, approves those changes you know mm. that's sort of how general government and shit works because it's no point that you discuss the wording of something where people fly into there it's a big meeting what you should do is when you go there you discuss what are the big lines big achievements we want to achieve big changes we want to make within the federation and is things working out that's what you should be di discussing at at the EFRA annual general meeting, which is the EFRA AGM. All that nitty-gritty stuff should be handled beforehand. That nitty-gritty stuff should be sort of, yes, you can sort of, if there's something you didn't agree with the online voting thing or whatever the system will would be then, then you can take that thing up at the AGM. But right now it's like lo looking through the minutes, there's like 15 like worth nothing changes to the rules. And then one or two worth something changes the rules and both of those get rejected, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what pisses me off that when you should be discussing how we are going to keep the sport as good as it is or even improve it, you focus on shit that doesn't really matter in the big picture. That's my that. point I'm trying to make. And I respect EFRA and I think we need EFRA and AGM and stuff like that. But I think we are stuck with EFRA. We are stuck in, in a rut where we can't get anything done. We can't improve things. Uh, but that enough. goes into the rant. That goes yeah. into the rant that we're going to talk yeah. about. So we'll, we'll, we'll rant yeah. more about that in a bit. Yeah. Um, because that's part of what I want to talk about. Yeah. All right, Max. Great rant. You went on, you went on, on the steel <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, but I try to keep it sort of less ranty and more sort of Right, I know what you mean. Explaining I know what you mean. the situation, yeah. I know what you mean. But we have some questions to answer, dude. So yeah. we're going to go on to our Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A questions. I think that's it for RC News. I ain't seen much. It's silly season's very quiet right now. It's all about techno. Ryan may feel good in techno. Where Jared Tebow is, if, is Jared Tebow leaving techno? Techno is in the news right now, really, really big. And I just, silly season's just been very slow start i mean it's middle of almost middle of november now still kind of quiet uh so i can't report on stuff that i don't have news about so we're going to go on to the beach rc bench racing q a we're going to answer you guys questions that you posted up yesterday so let's do that BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. 
BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. And thank you to BTRC for their continued support. We do have an affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. If you guys can use that, helps us out a lot. Also go to their BTRC YouTube channel. Luke is doing great work there, making some great videos. Give them a like, give them some views. And uh, thank you to Brent for all that he's done and um, getting me to Masters of Art. I really appreciate that. Uh, Max, so we have a few questions right off the bat. Gene Fortain, does eBuggy really pay the bills? Yes. No argument about that. Yeah, to, yeah, to explain it in more depth, it's um, for people who who are new to RC or just use it as a hobby on, on the weekend or whatever. For those people, tuning a nitro engine, uh, setting up your servos, EPAs, it, to me, I've seen so many people who have raised nitro for like 10 years. Still do the mistake, they don't know how to fucking set their throttle to EPA, and then they wonder why their engine runs weird. And then, yeah, it's it's so much easier, it's so much simpler. And in the end, for a regular driver, e-buggy is still pretty much the same driver feel. So it's better to start out with, and it's still almost as fun to con- continue later on in, in your hobby. But... In in a racing aspect, uh, nitro is better, and that's why nitro is the glory, and that's why I agree. But e buggy is the gateway drug. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, Yao Mello, question for ty- about tires for Max. If he could only use two types of tire tread for for racing on medium and high grip tracks, what would he choose? They don't have to be from the same brand. Racing on a budget. If you are racing on a budget, um, and you race. In uh, Europe, I, I would suggest in Azores, maybe. I don't know, but anyway, I'll give Europe, America, and um, Europe. Well, I would say he's in Europe. Uh, yeah, I, I'll give an Ameri- I give an example for Europe and America, and uh, for like oil tracks in Asia and uh, Australia. No, just give it. He's in that's Europe. Give us an example for that, and we we'll get okay. it because that's what he wants to know. Okay, for Europe. Uh, Hot race Amazonia in medium, medium compound. That's that's like you probably are gonna be fastest with that tire, or at least that's top five. If it's really really dusty, then you might want to want to look at like impact style pin or something like that. But if it's if it has a groove and it's not like the world's race black, run Amazonia. If you don't have a good hot race support, uh, aka double down in longer soft or longer medium, depending on the temperature. That's probably pretty good for most regular drivers. That's those the, both of those tires last quite long, and uh, they usually are quite fast, as you can see from the results. For America, my suggestions are J Concepts Reflex and uh, TZO. 402. The TCO402, in my opinion, is the superior tire to reflex in, in wear. And uh, it is also 
more sort of budget friendly that because because of it, exactly that uh for for packed hard pack tracks you should go to blocker or stalker but basically from j concepts depending on if you're on a loamy tracks like in west coast or east coast with high hard pack tracks you pick sort of a reflex stalker or blocker from j concepts and from tzo you just go with the 402 uh and then you pick the compound uh by looking at the temperature i think those those two for america those two for europe are the best options right now out of the brands i'm i'm aware of it okay next question dom tranquil do you think rc and netflix are ready for our own version of drive to survive i think there's a couple of versions of our drive to survive i mean a lot of 5150 a lot of cory drakenberg stuff come drive of us is good i kind of liked it when he wasn't focused on just one or two drivers back in the day but if you want a, a series, I mean, we have one. People just don't realize it. It's called RCGP Driven. It's yeah, just, we need I to think get it connected to Netflix somehow. Yeah, I think the video production skill inside RC is ready for it, but I don't think RC as an industry is ready right, for it. Is ready for it? No, I agree. Because with you. because there is no way where if if manufacturers can't get together at agreeing to go to RCGP, there is no way manufacturers can sort of agree to make RC look professional enough in other ways and then agree to fund uh, a TV series from their pockets as in like sponsoring it. And that's why Chorus, Chorus videos ended up being just pro-line ads in the end because that's the only way he could make any money out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's not like no one's going to make a video for fun you know, that last, like, what, 30 minutes or 20 minutes, like the Driven was in the Corey's um, Drive to... What the fuck was it called? Uh, come, come Drive with Us. The, yeah, Come Drive with Us. Uh, that's, like, what, 40 minutes long? Someone no one's going to do that for free. That's, that's like, hundreds of work hours. And no one's going to do that for free if they are, like skilled enough to actually do it you know like i i wouldn't do that for free even even though i love rc but it's just too much work and the people will still shit on it and not give a shit enough <laughs> and the manufacturers won't pay you because they yep, only look yep, at their yep, own yep. own piece of the pie so yeah rc industry is not ready for it but rc has enough skill to make that happen right i think between those two documentary series i think driven's already there it's already got it it's got four part series. Mm-hmm. It's there. I would love to see that on Netflix, but something that Corey's done because Corey's works really good, like his editing yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Corey's so, a professional at that, you know, like mm-hmm. obviously, obviously Matt and those guys are too, but Corey, that's like Corey did that as a, you know, someone paid him to do it and he did it. You know, it's, it's like, whereas RCGP is like people who work for RCGP wanted to make this and, uh, you know, it's, it was more sort of, um a passion 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 thing yeah and money in my opinion yeah okay well we have it we just got to get it out there and so we need somebody at netflix to pick it up that's the other thing but i think this like driven and all that's supplemented and sponsored and done by i don't know how all that works um but anyway it'd be great it'd be great joe jenkins what is something that will make the biggest change in feel for a 10 scale four-wheel drive buggy 
I'm not talking about tires, but just things to experiment setup-wise. Um, well, there's a lot of things. I think roll centers are your sort of best tuning option in terms of feel, uh, especially in the rear. Like racing all over the link, playing with the link length, that's going to give you, you know, the most effect on how the car feels. Lower arm position as well. So um, those two probably are the most noticeable changes in how the car feels. Uh, differentials aren't that of a big deal in foil or 10 scale because we have way too much power anyway. So differentials, you can play with those, but you're not going to find, you know, the, you're not going to find your, uh, what you're looking for there unless you are like way out of the range you should be in. Um, shocks. Yeah. If you, you just put on like, what, two hole 1.6, 1.7, which everyone runs and you'll be fine. I'd say roll centers are always the best, you know, option to tune when you want to change the feel of the car. That's like most drastic change. But you always have to remember that the car isn't just like one tuning option. The car is multiple tuning options. And you have to find the... So, you know, they all have to be in like the right, you know, it's kind of like tuning a guitar. Like if one string is out of tune, it's going to sound like shit. You know, you have to have mm -hmm. all the strings in tune. And that's how you should look at RC. It's an instrument you want to make work in a right way so you can play it and drive it around the track the right way. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joe. Um, I got to pit next to Joe at, um, at Masters of Dark. He was, uh, Right over there. He loves Red Bull. Does he love Red Bull to drink or Red Bull the F1 team? No, he likes Red Bull to drink. I mean, actually, it's actually, uh, it's interesting to me. I, I don't know if I've just been blind to it, but for like the last, I think since Drive to Survive came out, Americans have been much, much more interested in F1. Like now I open yes, Facebook yes, after an yes. F1 race. There's like every other RC guy say like, it's oh, done, Red Bull sucks, Ferrari sucks, like yeah, yeah. typical it's, it's, shit. It's you know? done. Um, it's done wonders for F1 in America. Oh, 100%. and I think like it's funny because for what four years, uh, 2010, like 2008 to 2013, we didn't have a race in America at all, mm. and now we have. Next year we're gonna have, uh, I think, three races in America: one in Mexico, one in Canada. So that's already quite a big chunk of races moving to that side of the world, which is really, really good for F1. And um, yeah, I think I think that's also one reason why NASCAR has struggled a lot with viewership because people have switched those motorsports fans that exist in America. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, all right, next question. Shucks, you, you got we got talking about phone See how we get off on a tangent. He he likes Red Bulls the drink. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he yeah. might like Red but Bull. I, he might he yeah. might like Formula One too. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't get it. But I'm I'm like a I'm like a diehard motorsport fan. Like motocross is probably the only one I don't uh, focus on like in depth. I watch the races, but I don't like focus on in depth. But like MotoGP, F1, WRC, I like study the design of the cars and bikes. Of and, course you do. Of course yeah. you do. All right, uh, Sean Tani. Sean Tiny Alcorn, why don't people believe RM to Techno? Until he announces it, we don't know. All right, Benjamin yeah, James. I think, who, yeah, I think people don't believe it because like they don't believe Tebow is going. Right. 
Right. Oh, you have to, I, you kind of have to believe those two, both of those two things. Well, this for brings up either a, one. This brings up one. an interesting conversation that was on the Discord when people were talking about, well, Tebow still makes podiums and all this type of stuff. Yeah, but Tebow, I said, what people have to understand is that even Tebow, he wants to win, and Techno yeah. wants to win, and these guys want to the win. Thing. Yeah, and it isn't sufficient for him to be second or third. I learned this. Yeah, that's why I think people don't understand. Well, me, I'm happy. Second, third, fourth, fifth. Oh yeah, I'm great. You know. Yeah. First is just icing on the cake. These guys, they want to win. Like, yeah, it ain't about money. They want to win. They want to beat each other. Yeah, and that's and why it, they're at the top of this level. So Techno yeah. wants that win too, and people can say, yeah, "Well, he's done exactly. all this good stuff for Techno." But and, he wants to win, yeah. and Techno wants to win. And if it ain't happened, it's been four years now, and they, they did have some early success. Maybe he needs a, he needs a change if he's going to change somewhere else. And maybe Techno will get what they're like. We know what Techno wants. They want a national championship, and they want yeah. a DNC, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So the, they're the going to is, the guy who they think they can. If, if Mayfield goes, they're going to the guy who they think gives them the best chance to do that. And yeah, then exactly. wherever, wherever Tebow goes, He's going to be rejuvenated because it's a whole new chassis that he can be on, and um, mm-hmm. because together I don't think they will work together. Like you know what I mean? The two no, alphas, no, 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 no. Well, won't, won't be good. All right, and oh, like, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, for like in my opinion, like why I see this move as quite likely is because if you look at TLR, if you look at AE, if you look at Mugen, those are the top three brands right now in America. And techno is, has to compete with all of them. All of those three, like, are the, the four. Well, HP, okay, yeah. So those five brands are like right now, the brands that are like America focused. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Mayako is in the conversation, but there isn't an American top driver. Like, it's a new brand in America. So those five are the brands that have to compete. HP finished on the podium this year. Uh, Cole Logan has been there for a while. Mugen has won the last two national, oh, sorry, uh, the one before national championships and now Fend won his national championship with TLR. Rivkin has gotten a few national championships with AE. And uh, Techno is the only one of those brands who I can't remember any big buggy win. Truggy mm-hmm. wins. Truggy and e buggy wins they have. Yeah, but for buggy, I've, I've I can't people, remember. Look, listen, Truggy is cool, e buggy is cool. But people want the big enchilada, which is nitro buggy. Let's just yeah, accept exactly. that. Okay, everybody? Yeah. And that's exactly like Techno are in a situation, if they want to compete with these other brands, uh, brand-wise, they have to provide that. They, they have to prove that they can get the results. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out with Tebow and Mayfield's open, like, as much as I like Tebow, I don't think twice in that situation, you know? Not at the moment. Mayfield's yeah. hot, like number one, one in yeah. the best. If it's like top three drivers yeah. in the world, at, in my in my opinion, right now. Yeah. So, and to me, to me, if Techno was a brand whose priority was creating a cool brand image just by having cool guys in a the team, then I would I would think Tebow would actually be the better guy. But if Techno wants to create their brand around getting results, then obviously, right now, Mayfield is the logical choice. You know, mm-hmm. even if they have to pay a little bit more. But the fact that they have a shot, at least like a realistic shot at the national title, because let's be honest, Tebow can win the nationals. I don't doubt that. But right mm-hmm. now, it's the odds are very much in Mayfield's favor. 
Yeah, and yeah. no one can really argue against this. That. Is this is by no means saying that Tebow can't do well anymore? I still think yeah. he has a lot of more years left in him. Yeah. But I think he needs to switch now. I think he. Yeah, I think know, so too. Yeah, I think he's he he's had frustrations. It sounds like throughout the, his t- tenure mm-hmm. as well, and um, we it like it like people just have to understand, man. Like fifths and sixths, they're good for yeah. for us. But at these guys' level and the the, comp- the competitive nature of these guys, like they don't even want to talk about fifth and sixth. They don't even want to talk about second and third. They want first. Mm-hmm. And when you start yeah. realizing that, it's just like this. At your real job, if you got measured on performance, you want to be first all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, second is the second is the first loser. That's how it is. So. You know, if you finish second, you're the first loser. All right. Benjamin James, who's just started a new job at AMA and Hobbies, as for my question, what can be done? For anything to facilitate the growth of junior racing in America, guys like T-Bail, Mayfield, Cavalier, Rivkin, even Defend, aren't getting any younger. Racers like Fuller's, Hackert, Rose, and others getting to the upper echelons of RC. We ought to be looking at more up-and-coming juniors that could be the future of faces and brands like AETLR, et cetera, in the USA. So I'm going to say something about this right off the bat. I have like a 15-minute section where I'll, I'll, I'll keep a monologue of how to do this. But you go first. <laughs> it has to come. Look, so... Let's look at some of the guys in the name. Rifkin, still young, 22, 23, I think, at his ages. Ages. Dakota fan, still young, 25, I think he is. Right? Fuller's is the only young talent that I'm seeing come up and challenge them so far out of all these guys. Hackert, let's be honest, he did well at RCGP, but hasn't really, you know, hasn't set the world on fire. Just saying. Yeah. But Brandon I think Rose, I think we have to fast. we have to like separate uh, sixteen and twenty five. Like twenty, when you are like eighteen or twenty, that's sort of the turning point where you are young, but you are already an adult athlete. You know, if you're okay. a professional. So let, yeah. let's look at somebody that that should probably that if 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 you want to if you want to base and become a professional racer at this moment, there's one family I think you need to look at. Well, two. The Fullers did it as well. Now look at Little Bob. Mm-hmm. Little Bump goes to every race there is that he can go to. He doesn't matter if it's on the East Coast, the West Coast, what type of track it is, indoors, outdoors, is racing. Why? Because that's what it takes. I don't know what their deal is with HB, what they get, but they, they're definitely going out there and is doing well. He isn't winning Nitro Buggy. He's getting better, right? He's won like e Troggy and stuff like that. So that's great. These it's comes to, it, it it's it's not one race that does it for you. Mm-hmm. What Mayfield's still winning, Dakota fans still winning, Rifkin's winning in ten scale. Like we're just talking about Tebow that we still think he can win. Cavallari is still doing well in in ten scale and and he's getting there in eight scale. These guys are still doing well. You got to beat them. Like Fuller's got to go out there and beat them. Like yes, he had a great twenty twenty one. He finished third. He had a couple of seconds. He next year, I want him to beat him. You know what I mean? That's what I want him to happen. I want him to beat him. And it's the only one that I see that can do this right now. Now, somebody would talk about like a Brandon Rose. Yes, Brandon Rose is good, great, had a very good year, but he still has to get to that level where I think well, people can see him as a potential person for beating somebody. There's lots of young guys out there, but there's you know, there's a lot like another another fast youth. I'm gonna talk about Frankie Contreras Jr. Very fast, very fast in California. Needs to get out. He should be at races like AMS. Needs to get out to these other races. He needs to get out 
He see it's kind of reverse for him. He's very good in California as he should be because there's a lot of great racing going there. But he now needs to come out of California and go to other races and do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas I would suggest that for anybody, it's not just about one race. Like, you know, so like here you have a young, talented kid, right? But he, he needs to get out to California. He needs to get out and go to all these other bigger races. Well, the same is on the East Coast when you just go to like race time races and do that type of stuff. You need to get out there and go to do well at DNC and do well her. And it's not one race. These are all steps. You know, it took Mayfield and all these guys many race wins and all this stuff to get where they are and all this type of stuff. And you got to dethrone them. And nobody stepped up and dethroned them. Nobody yet. You know, when yeah. you go to a race, you still think that these guys are still going to be fast. And they are. So all these guys we thought that would look. Mm-hmm. And then when you, the problem is then when you put money into these young guys like this, let's take a, let's take a Seth Vinay, let's take a Tyler Jones. Given the opportunity, okay, they're a little older, but given the opportunities to run at Techno, let's be honest, have not set the world on fire on that pro career. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying that they can't, but you know, it's a, it's a struggle unless you're a wonder kid, Rifkin, wonder kid been in world championships at 15. It's, I want to put, the youth situation has to start on a club level. Mm-hmm. We have to, I would love to see a junior yeah, national, like a proper junior nationals. Yeah. Like yeah. if we're under, you know, let's break this down into age groups where people can compete. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a under 13 junior national champion. I'm yeah. a under 17 junior you national know, champion and stuff like that. You're a B kind of, but yeah. Let's have some stuff like that where these guys can go. That's why RCG, I, I look, I don't want to jump on that horse, but that's why I liked RCGP. You had the pro class that you got invited to, and then you have the RC2 class, which what well, like the best of everything. But basically, these you you have these young guys have to go out and beat these guys, and then they have to yeah. beat them more than once, and they have to beat them mm-hmm. like at a race that nobody thought they you know. It can't be at your home track where you know everything and it's been like this. You got you, you got to get up and if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man to be that, you know? So, um, but we should be pushing youth and we should be doing that, but we should be pushing them on a club level and all this type of stuff to get there first. There's yeah. no definitive path to becoming a pro drive or nothing. But it, I tell you oh, what, yeah. it takes more than one good result. Obviously. I think people are just delusional about the size of RC and the, yeah, exactly. how you can make money at this as well. Yeah. They think that people out here making million dollar contracts and companies are selling hundreds of thousands of units per quarter. And it's completely opposite of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The racing yeah. side of RC is so small compared to the bashing side. We've, we've been over this a long time ago, a lot of time. Yeah. But I feel like you have to, like, I want more spotlight on youth. Yes, I definitely am about the youth. We need to garner them and keep them in it. But it's, we need to d- make them like we need to have proper junior championships and stuff like that. And that takes a federation yeah. and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I think I think there are like very many levels to this. So first level is, you know, how do we get kids into RC, like in general? The next level is how do we get those kids to take RC as a you know, instead of choosing, hey, I wanna be hockey, I wanna do hockey and or like I want to do football and I like like what Tom Brady or whatever. I like Sidney Crafty, whoever you like, like you have an idol. Instead of doing that, they need to pick like, hey, what if I take RC seriously and go practice every week? Like if, if I do football, I have football practice. Now I have RC practice. That's the second step. 
And then the third step is becoming good enough where you can think about, hey, do I now, uh, like usually this happens at, you know, 15, 15 to 18. This is the age where you're good enough where you have the shot at doing pro or going pro if you make the right choices and if you make the right, you know, right um, what advancements in your career. Obviously, there are outliers like Rivkin, Ongaro, guys who come up earlier than they should, you know. But those are because they have huge amount of talent. But in in football, in in ice hockey, in in sports like that, um, those sports, even the most talented ones, get a like the even like the not most talented ones get a shot trying. So the first step how you do it is you have clubs, you organize, you know, uh, we call it like junior Tuesday at, a, at one of one of clubs I've, I've been part of for a long time. So uh, you pay like what, five euros. And you, if you have your own car, you can come there and practice and there'll be people like giving tips and like, Hey, how you should drive and stuff like that. Most of these are just like trying RC for the first time, or you can rent a car as well and come there. So that's the first step, getting people into RC. Uh, connected to that is creating a professional image to RC. So creating an image where Mayfield and uh, like Ongaro and Ronapog and these guys are actually like cool guys. It's cool to be an RC pro. And it's brought out to the mainstream, brought into Instagram and stuff. So that's the first level. Creating uh, a real interest for racing scene of RC and then giving an easy way in for new kids to get excited about RC in general. The next step is to direct these new kids into the proper races. So, for example, having uh, junior championships and stuff like that is is good, but it doesn't really make that big of a difference because most people don't really care about it because RC is so small. There aren't really enough juniors to make it that competitive. So the next step is actually to direct these kids towards uh, like actual race series and stuff that goes around their area. So they get used to like, hey, I'm going on a race trip and, and stuff like that. So they get that attitude in their mind. Other one is for them to pick the right classes. So a lot of these kids like just stick with their slash and have fun, but to direct them into... In my opinion, tool drive uh, off-road is the best class to go into. And next best class, in my opinion, is eight-scale electric off-road. Those are, in my opinion, the best two classes to direct kids into. Then when you have that, you have to provide a good uh, race series that uh, is comfortable for people. It's not like you have to be there at 8 and leave at 11. Like No kid at the age of 10 or 12 can't do that uh, without getting know pissy at their parents so you have to provide um an atmosphere at the races where it's not as demanding and it's not like you know you're all you're all there all day and like it's easier for the parents to take their kids there or even go there by themselves you know with someone and uh having race series where they have to travel a little bit so they get used to traveling to other races then when those kids have that you know spike in their head like hey i'm good enough where i could actually be like 
you know, state champion in America or national champion in Europe, or actually one day, maybe if, if I do really good, I can be a pro, you know? So then they graduate into the third step. And this is where manufacturers come in. At this step, like the second step, it's mostly clubs and hobby shops who are, you know, who should be in control of that second step. The first step is only clubs. Second step is like hobby shops and clubs. And the third step is manufacturers. So, for example, Frankie, Frankie Contreras or whatever his name is, uh, who is a fast guy who made the DNC main last uh, this year. A guy like him, what he needs is not product. He doesn't need to have, what, three cars a year, whatever his deal might be with TLR. What he needs is support. He needs a guy uh, who knows about setup, who understands what kids like this need, a coach, one could say, who directs him into the right you know, lane. For if, like, if he chooses, hey, now I'm in the third step, I want to become pro, then he needs someone from a manufacturer to coach them into that. You could call them like TLR youth program, whatever. But you have a guy who is responsible that finding new talent and finding new pro drivers. Like it is an actual sport. You have scouts and shit like that to do that. Uh, and it, it doesn't have to be like you have to pay this guy to do it. It could be someone like uh, you could have like in every state you have one of these guys. It could be someone who is really into RC. Uh, and wants to help young talent. But they don't need the product. They need the support. They need the knowledge, you know? And that's how you do it. And if if you have a proper structure that works in a way like that, then we will naturally get youth that grow up to be pros. But there isn't a one simple, you know, fix for, hey, we need to get new youth into RC. Uh, like, like just like on a regular basis right now it's just up to chance like in europe we have had good luck with a lot of italian youngsters a lot of pretty much every country is quite a lot of young people coming up um but in america it doesn't look as like promising if you if you look at the european championships intensity that's a little biased max because um there's a lot you see because all those guys are racing stock so, no, but like if I'm you look at you, what I was, what I was saying, stock. no, but if you look at ten scale European Championships in the tool drive main, there was like one guy who was over twenty, two guys who were over twenty. No, in America, like Mayfield, Tebow are closing in like thirty five or something, right, and they are still right. winning these races. Yes, yes. So yes. that's my point. You know, yeah. like in Europe, there really isn't any. There's young guys winning. Young I get what you mean. I get exactly. what you mean. But in America, um, these young guys finish fifth to tenth instead of being in the top five. You know, right? There's um, okay. Fuller is there, and there are a few fast young guys. But in Europe, it's like, like these old guys are having a tough time. You know, making main. Lil Martin didn't make the main at his pretty much home country's race. You know, so I think the reason why that is is because Europe we have clubs, so they do that first and second step transition much better than in America where it's just hobby shops and manufacturers trying to do things. So there really isn't that sort of community incentive to find new guys into the club. And I think that's the long, long way of explaining this, but I think that's, that's what is needed to understand to actually get something done in this. So we need to make it cool. 
We need to make it cool for them to stick around. We need to make them make them want to be RC car drivers. Um, I don't think. But I, I want to go back to this question: How do we make them comfortable as the next echelon? Well, we got to see which one of them guys are going to be the next echelon. So here's a, so so here's a reason why I talk. So last year we talked a lot about Mason Fuller. A lot of people didn't really be, like get on that. You know, we I was on the Mason Fuller bandwagon last year. I like his family. I like his dad, his mom. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, they do a very good job. Thanks to their dad having the right attitude. Right, right. And um, the thing is, right now, especially in America, but also in Europe. It falls a lot on the parents. You know, if, mm-hmm. if the parents know what they're doing, the kid will be most likely quite successful. But if the parents don't really that into RC or don't really understand that understand it, then the kid has a much tougher time succeeding, you know. Mm-hmm. But if the if there were clubs that had that side covered, the parent the role well, of the look, parent is not that uh, right, dominating. Right. So these guys, in my opinion, um, and also, like they just have to—they have to go beat these guys. Like we could talk all this stuff, but like you said, Mayfield's probably going to win this race. AMS is coming up. Mayfield and Fan are the two favorites. Now, I think I think Fuller can beat him. You know what I mean? I think he could beat yeah. him, and uh, he can go on to do well. Uh, but I don't see there's nobody else after that for me. You know what I mean? Like, so these young guys have to have to want it and have to go get it. Maybe, and and it, it takes time. Like. You you can't put all this pressure on these young guys. You're gonna be the, like I think none of the worst thing, you're gonna be a champion one day. Like if a kid hears that all his life coming up, he's gonna expect that, or it's gonna be some unwanted pressure. But definitely one of yeah. the other steps would be like, let's treat the junior championship like it's re- like yeah. it's a big deal I think, first. Yeah, I think Efra has definitely missed uh one of their best inventions ever, which is the Euro B. Because when I was a uh, up and coming driver at the age of 11. My first race abroad was the Euro B in Lyon. And that was like my, my first taste of racing, like mm-hmm. in an international race. It's an effort race, the European Championship. And most of the guys, they were young. They were like, like 20, under 20. And maybe you don't need to, you know, say, oh, you can only attend this race if you're this age. But I think advertising it towards that. Is really really important, mm-hmm. and I think Efra has Efra has missed an opportunity where they haven't marketed the Euro B as well as they could have, mm-hmm. um, and promoted it as, "Hey, this is the way for you to become a Euro." Like Babufolo won the Euro B; he's now one of the pro drivers. Ongaro uh, finished uh, TQ'd or uh, yeah TQ'd uh, uh, Euro B, and now he's one of the pros. Uh, Misha Wittmeyer, I remember seeing at Eurobees many times. Um, like, there are so many guys in Europe who first came up. Like, even Dale Ronafog, his first big win was Eurobee 2009. Lee Martin, his first big uh, win for in 8 scale was Eurobee. Like, so many guys used to go through that route. But I just don't really see that happening. Yeah, they don't right have that now. in America. So one thing, yeah, but the, I don't, I don't even. I, I think I think it's even gotten a bit worse in Europe. I think Efra should put even more effort into making this Euro a race B. worth. Yeah, make, making Euro be a race worth Bad. going for youngers. Mm-hmm. You know, young drivers. Because right now in Finland, it's all the young drivers just go to I Euros. get what you mean. Yeah. It, maybe not as prestigious as it used to be. So yeah. 
One thing I, I'm going to end this on this. I think one thing I noticed is when I talk to younger European racers, like in this journey, it's like, what's your goal? Like, especially in the UK, I was like, like I want to make a, I want to make an A final out of nationals. When mm-hmm. I talk to racers, young racers in America, it's, I want to be a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've, they've skipped all that other, the, the girl, it should be, I'm sure someone said, well, I want to make a final her order, or they'll say, I yeah. want to make top that, 30 to qualify for the worlds at the yeah. nationals. But the girl should but be like, Hey, you want to make an A final at every A final. And then that's where you start thinking I can be a pro. Let's be honest. Like the RC industry has done a great job of selling the illusion that everybody can be a pro. Yeah, and, especially thanks to the sponsorship craze. Yes. Of right. like you're getting sponsored, like, oh shit, this is my way to become a pro. Now I just right. need to do, do something. I don't know what exactly. I do, but I just it's want all to an illusion. It's all an illusion. Yeah. Like even being a part as a team manager, you feel like, oh yeah, this could happen. Like this next young guy mm-hmm. can be the next big thing. It's very difficult because then you have to deal with a lot of uh when you do it, you deal with fathers too that think that maybe mm-hmm. their son deserves more than this, or he should be doing this. Mm-hmm. But you gotta step back. And really sit back and say, okay, yeah, he met, he won this race, but now he has to go do it her, and he has to do it her. You know what I mean? Uh, you can yeah. you you can step back and see that. Sometimes as a father, you can. So I think um, like Mike Fuller has done a good job of that. He's always been humble. He's like, yeah, but we got to do well her, and we got to. And they're just grinding away. I like, I know, like yeah. Fuller's going to win. I know that Fuller. I know Mason Fuller's going to win, and Caden's yeah. going to do well. But right now, and- Mason's going to do well, and that's another great example of somebody. Who grounded out him and his dad went to races, going to all these races, doing all this stuff, practicing, feet, and they living, always breathing, yeah. shitting RC. That's yeah. what it takes. He's yeah. earned everything that he has right now, and I don't think he has enough because he he just needs to get that win. He's got that win yeah. in e-buggy. He's got that win in e-buggy, but he needs to get that nitro buggy win. And I think they realize yeah. that. And for Mason, it's one. It's he's there. But it's that one win that is missing. And once that yeah. win comes, I think the floodgates are going to open for him and he's just going to yeah. go on a tour. So I think he's at a point where one that of, one race makes him a difference, but not, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, he's been Most to of these every other race not, out yeah. there. Yeah. So that, that, I think, I think to sort of uh, to put that point into one sentence, what you made there is you should put wrestles first and the sponsorship after that. But in, mm-hmm. in so, for most people right now, it's sponsorship first, and then let's see if we can get results, you know? Mm-hmm. It should be, I want to get results, and let's see where that gets me. That should be the attitude. And I think I Fuller agree. is amazingly well, like, uh, follow that, you know? They are, when I've talked to their dad personally, like, I have never gotten, like, the sort of feeling that, oh, they need, they want to get sponsored, or they want this, or they want that. They want just to have fun and get results and see where, where that gets them, you know? That was their attitude from the get-go. Well, they, well, they know that and they I need think... to get the results to get better things. And it's not, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not just one result. Though. That's the thing about it. He's been consistently second or third. He's won. He's beat these guys. You know, it's just... He's just a, for instance, Tyler Jones, he won PMB. Hasn't won anything since then. It wasn't just one... He got one result that boosted him. I'm not... Look, I'm not, I'm not picking on Tyler Jones. I'm just being honest. Yeah. I think he's still very talented. I think he'd do well. You know what I mean? But he got that one, he got that one win at PNB, and lots of big expectations were piled on him, I think, piled on him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and even her, we piled a lot of I piled a lot of expectations on him. And it just mm-hmm. hasn't, it just hasn't shaped out for him. But there's yeah. lots think, of not yeah, saying that I his RC that... journey's over, mm-hmm. but 
it just didn't, it hasn't worked out for him at, since he left TLR. Let's like be honest. Yeah. It hasn't worked out how it's supposed to be. I think, I think what hurt him specifically is what I, I made the third point I made was he got a good deal from techno. He got product and that, but I think he just lacked support. He probably doesn't know setup that well. He, I don't think there was a guy at techno at the time to really, really help, you know, focus on him. So his full potential was never like unlocked uh, during his time at techno. I don't know if he's continuing it, if he's changing. Um, it sounds like he on. still is, to be honest. I yeah. was talking to him the other day. It sounds like at the moment he's still continuing with techno. So yeah. I hope that whatever he chooses to do, he lives up to his potential that I think exactly. that he has. So yeah. the thing about that, there's there's lots of stories like Tyler Jensen RC. We can think of guys oh. like. Drew Bobby Muller. Tillman, all these, you know, Drew, Drew Moeller, all these guys that had talent were good on the cost. And, yeah. and they aren't in RC anymore. So it, it's hard, man. And the companies are like, I, if I'm an owner and I've got Ryan Mayfield on there, like, oh yeah, you got to beat him. Mm-hmm. Beat him. Beat him. That's what you got to do. So these young guys got to go and beat these guys. It's simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. But there should be some structure. You need to put some of I am a big proponent of that. I mean, we need not proper jack junior national championships. Shouldn't be just a side thought at the at the national. It should be a big Yeah, that, I think I think the way Roar does stuff just takes away from the junior thing because I agree. That junior agree. thing this year was just a, a proper joke. Like mm-hmm. that should be properly thought out. That should be like done well. And uh, it should be more affordable than the actual Roar Championships because like I don't think Raw. I think Raw could even lose money on that. But that's guaranteeing the future of RC by giving youth a chance to and I would tell I would say show to, themselves. I would tell RCGP the same thing. Have a youth. They have a youth final, but have a proper youth. Uh, yeah, but I think the sort of I think if we look at who's won RC two, that's kind of naturally already happening. Like uh, Cameron Lime won in America. Bella Kumse won in uh, Manila. Then it was Valente. And uh, I can't remember the name of the other Italian kid, but that was the first year. This was year. Uh, no, it wasn't Trevisan, but it was okay. it was some really young Italian kid that won 2019. Those were the winners in 2019. Everyone under 18. Um, then uh, in 2022, um, we had Trent win the last round. Uh, can't remember who won in Europe. It was, uh, you mean the RC2? Yeah. It was, uh, well, they're, they're not juniors. It was Kevin Brunson and, okay. and, uh, okay. Okay. So this year, this, this year it didn't happen, but generally it's been the sort of up and comers who won. Kevin Brunson is pretty much the opposite of that. He's been in <laughs> RC for probably like double older, my life. Longer than the, the guys that, he's probably been in RC longer than these guys that I've won it previously have been alive. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, we got another great cl- that we beat. 30. We beat that question to a dead horse because oh, uh, and Max's Max's camera has discharged because he doesn't have his power pack. Yeah, I need to. I need to. I don't think they make one for this camera, which is oh JQ has one. Oh, you have a different camera. All right, so yeah. we're just gonna have Max's uh, associated avatar. Um, it's not associated, just me. It, you can see the lines. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you like this question. Uh, let's try not to geek out on this too much because I know you want to, but we've gone pretty long with our questions here. We have two more. Actually, we have three more. Yeah, we have a couple. Does This is coming from my my friend up in the Pacific Northwest, Chris Tridu. 
Trudeau. Does RC raw Afro Ifmar have too many rules? Given the modern times of RC, should we go to a more basic set of rules, weight, height, width, tank size, etc., or or too many, or are too many companies willing to bend the rules to do anything to win? Does fewer rules open up innovation or restrict it? What what rule do you hate, Max? Um, I I don't hate any rule in in terms of like being an engineer, but I just hate the general style of how the rules are currently written. So, for example, the Chuggy Buddy. Uh, if the rules were written properly, which is you just add like what two sentences, three sentences, and a few measurements, like to the rules, that Chuggy Buddy thing would have never happened. Obviously, I've given my opinion about it before, but most people don't like it to happen, but the rules rules made it possible for that to happen. And that could have been very, very easily uh, prevented. Um, the, the answer isn't as simple as we should have more rules or we should have less rules. The answer should be, or the answer I'm going to give, it, we should have rules that are definitive. Right now, like half of the rule book is well you can do this if you do this or like it can be done this way but then you could do you can easily go around the rule because it's not definitive at all uh if you're interested in um how i think rules should be done uh go take a look at the rcgp rule book um i had some input in that uh, and I gave my opinion on how rules should be made on that. And uh, so the RCGP technical rules, I think it's section 10 or section 9 on the rule book, one of those. Go read those and see how I think rules should be made. Obviously, those aren't perfect. There's there's still a lot of stuff that could be an issue going forwards. But I think it's not hard to make rules that are definitive and they will still keep the integrity of the class alive. Right now, the rules are way too free in some areas and way too specific in some areas. They are not like, be it Ephra, be it Roar, be it Ifmar, the rule books are very similar. But for example, Choggy class in America does not have a width limit. You could effectively make a four meter wide Choggy and just run it on the track for the main and no one could pass you. You know, that That is not against the rules. So now ask yourself, how the fuck is that possible? You know, in Ephra, you could run a beetle body on an eight-scale car, but the rules state that if you run a beetle body in an eight-scale car, they have to cover over 50% of each tire. But now we have open wheels in the buggy we run now. So those rules, like, why the fuck does that exist? It exists because those rules were made in the 80s when RC was a completely different thing. And... I like that the rules gives lots of room for innovation, but the rules should be defined in a way where they keep the integrity of the class alive, like Chuggy class, the body, instead of now running on one seventh scale buggy, we should be running in the Chuggy, even though I think it's a silly class and it shouldn't exist in, in, in professional racing, I still think it ruins the integrity of the class that now we run Bruggy bodies or it's now the Truggy Buddy because we had the silent moment. The OG Truggy Buddy is dead. But those are very 
simple examples of how I think the rules are fucked. And the easy way to fix it is basically just write the rules in a definitive way. The body has to be fit inside a box this big. And you don't have to like measure the body at every check-in. But if someone makes a protest, then you can check it. That's how F1 works. That's how WRC works. Like Toyota ran an illegal wing for half a year in 2019. But because nobody noticed, it went through. Obviously, that's a bit silly. But like it's written in the rule book, so you can't deliberately uh, go against the rules. But if you accidentally do it, it's forgiven. And I think, I think that's the sort of way rules should be done. You know, like it should be definitive enough that if you have a minor, like if you have a, an actual like deliberate rule break, you can easily see it and you can just look at the rules. But it should be open enough to where you can interpret the rules a little bit different, and then you can sort of make your own design. The cars look different, and so on. And it's lenient enough where if there is like one part is one mil, like let's say a body is one millimeter too high or something. Obviously, in touring, it's a bigger deal, but in off-road, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, then you sort of let that slide. But with height, uh, wheelbase stuff like that, the tire dimensions, those should be definitive. If you go over, it's a DQ, you know. But some rules should have a little bit more space. But the idea of the rule should be definitive, not giving you guidance of how to do it. Because when you give guidance, people can interpret it how the way you want. I think that's the way we need to change the rules. And I, if you like the RCGP rules, in my opinion, are quite definitive already. But there are much more to do on that sector. And me now working as the Finnish uh, eight scale, um, eight scale um, class, you know, chairman, whatever you call my position in English. Uh, I'm going to do that in Finland and I will like as more the more experience I have with making these rules I will start to share it with Efra I will I will try to convince them to change the rules to a more definitive way like it's made in F1 WRC other motorsport classes instead of staying in the 80s uh, and having the rules like we have it now that's it I yeah, have to yeah. unmute myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just want to say one thing to that. Uh, I was talking to when I was at the Carl Bush Motorsports. Danny Stockman goes, we're race car drivers. They make rules and we try to break them. They got away from breaking exactly. them. And he goes, exactly. yeah. And he goes, we get as close as we can to break. And he was talking more about aerodynamics, you know, how they have to put the templates yeah. and all that stuff on them. He goes, mm-hmm. we get as we get as close as we can to the fine edge of those rules. And sometimes we got caught. Sometimes we don't. Yeah, sometimes yeah, we the get, thing is, the thing is, it's different to find loopholes than to straight up cheat. If you yeah, yeah. like, if you put up a restrictor plate that is made out of cardboard, that's cheating, you know, because you should use the NASCAR uh, supplied restrictor plate. If people know about NASCAR history, you're talking but, about for the carburetor. Well, when they had carburetors. Yeah, right? yeah. When when they had like the restrictor plate in the last NASCAR, some brand, mm-hmm. some teams put a cardboard uh, really? restrictor plate. And they covered with aluminum foil. And then when they ran the engine, it heated up and went through the engine. So they didn't have a restrictor blade at all. Oh. That was, for example, one thing. That's straight up cheating. But then if you are like um, Red Bull or some brand, 
with aerodynamics in F1, there wasn't a rule that the wings could bend in a certain direction. There was a rule that they couldn't bend in one direction, but the rule didn't exist of another direction. So Red Bull just made it bend in that direction that didn't have a rule. And then everyone else ended up copying it the next year. That was banned. No way. So that, that's, not, that's not cheating, but it's fighting against the rules. And I think, I think that's something in RC that manufacturers, mostly because there isn't an actual professional series where there's actual money on the line. And most American races don't have actual rules at all. So that sort of thing doesn't exist in RC now. It exists in the stock class. It exists in the stock class. In the motors and, and stuff. And we're, we're seeing it right now because that's more competitive in that sense. Like the cars have to be like, it's more, more down mm-hmm. to the car mm-hmm. than the driver. And, and I think you have if to have we, a good if, motor too. Yes, exactly. And I think for, for the future, our goal is obviously to make RC more professional, something like RCGP becoming the F1 world championship. Like that's obviously what we all want in the future. Maybe it's not going to be RCGP. Who knows how, how the world works. But like at that point where it's a professional championship, there's lots of um, public, you know, you get a lot, lot of like publicity out of it. You get prestige out of it. At that point, people are going to start to cheat. And if the, or let me put that again, people are start to interpret the rules again, like they did with the choggy, bruggy thing, you know? So at that point, we're going to have issues because if the rules aren't ready for it, people can cheat or reinterpret the rules in any way they want, you know? So that's why the rules should be made first before we have that, you know, effect. Yeah. Because I know I, probably like a hundred ways of make like going against the rules that currently exist, but there really isn't a rule that actually bans it. Okay. You know? Okay. But yeah, it's funny because I was just thinking of NASCAR rules, like with aerodynamics, how much of a difference mm-hmm. it makes. Yeah. And like, it's like, yeah, if it's a, if we come to as close as we can, like, you know, if oh, he says, sometimes you just go over the edge by a millimeter and you gotta, you gotta fix it. But um, yeah. it's crazy. Like you, he was showing us like the different uh, aerodynamics and stuff for the car. And I knew you would love that stuff. All mm-hmm. right, we have a couple more yeah. questions from our Discord. We have some colorful members in our Discord. Forklifts, forklift certified horse. Max, your thoughts on Young Gravy? I have no idea what he's talking about. He's all right. He's he's funny. He's a rapper. Okay, I have I to think. go Google him. I think he's yeah. He I don't I don't like think of it as a great musician but I, I think he has some okay. funny shit ekj twenty four thousand wants to know what's up Corey? how you doing max when you come into the united states again and he asks will the mayako truggy going to have the same characteristics as the mayako buggy like adjustable diff heights and stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. obviously it's going to be pretty much the same car at least the first truggy is going to be pretty much the same car as the buggy but just like stretch out to the buggy like every other brand and then from from there on, when we have the first edition of the buggy, we'll work into finding those ridiculous loopholes in the truggy rules, and then trying to make the truggy so good that it's not even point of run every other brand, any other brand anymore. Techno has done that pretty well. They've yeah, truggy, that truck's really good. Their truck is like 20, 20 millimeters wider than AE truck. 
So really? two centimeters, yeah. It's like an inch wider than an AE truck, techno truck. It is a very wide that, truck. Yeah, and that's why it's probably really fucking good. So, yeah. It's okay. it's like, to me, it's a bit bit silly, the truggy rules. But, I mean, as long as Roar doesn't have any intention to fix it, we're going to we're gonna find a way to go around them. And, well, don't but fix we'll it when start, you we'll, Yeah, but we'll start out with a regular, regular truggy design and then work from there. But there's lots of ways to not break the rules, but make it favorable to us so if you if you're a raw official really uh listening to this please fix the rules before we break your class and uh and my next race in america i hope it's going to be dnc next year but nice yeah i hope it is but i don't really have the money and myself so well, yeah 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 i don't really have like i need to i need to try to figure out a way to uh, afford it so if you're a sponsor and uh, if you're a brand and you want to sponsor me going to DNC, you can contact. There you go, sponsor the Maximus. Yeah. Uh, we got our buddy All Bitter in there. What's up, Bitters? Truggy, is that even a thing? He's funny. Uh, and then Rick wants to know: As Mayako starts to have ready-to-ship kits available, chassis engravings still be available in the future, or is it a service that will be eventually be discontinued? And uh, JQ answered that and said it's available for members. So yeah. All right. Well, that's all yeah, our I think, questions. Okay, I think the ahead. current plan for it was about the e buggy, right? The question. Uh no, he's talking about the kits that are going to be made available to like general public. Oh yeah, that that will be happening pretty soon. I think a lot of countries already have their national or regional kits. Right, those uh, kits will not be able to be engraved, and they're just like buying a regular kit. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But if you want the engraving and stuff, uh, you have to order from from China. You know what, Max? We haven't did we? We haven't touched on this, but uh, we'll touch on it in the rant uh, in our conclusion. Uh, But right now, I think that's it for the Beach RC Racing uh, Beach RC Bench Racing Q and A. We want to thank everybody that sent in questions. We did go science mode on a lot of those, and I want to make it clear: the youth are the future, and we need young drivers with their fathers or mentors or mothers or uh, adults. supervision helping them out uh, i am i want to see the youth do well but i think we need to make them want to be in her more than anything and we shouldn't yeah. and also i'm not saying we should just give them stuff we should make it where they have to earn stuff and uh maybe make these junior championships maybe split it up into some age groups i don't know if we have enough to do that but i think it's kind of fair to see like an eight-year-old going up against an 18-year-old you know what i mean yeah but i don't think I think you just should have a sort of a Euro being. Right. Just have a Euro. I think, I think because, like, we it don't have happen. enough. It, it's, the problem is everybody goes to the Nats and nobody's going to go to the Euro B or the Nats B. That's the issue because yeah, everybody, uh, yeah. like, come. let's be honest. People say they don't, but people go to these races to see the, the top guys drive. And if the top guys ain't driving, they're not going to go. But maybe maybe this can be at one of these other races that maybe not all the top drives aren't good. And it could be yeah, I think, classified I like think, that. I think some big race organizer should, uh, in America, should try this out next year. I think Race Time has the best opportunity to do this because they have the most races. So have a pro class. Uh, treat it like RCGP treats the RCGP class. Then you have uh, open class 
and then you have junior and 40 plus classes. Okay. So instead of having about? expert sportsman and 40 plus, have like two edge classes and then have one open class. So I think that way you will end up making the same amount of money, but I think that will give much more to the people because for the kids, some of them are not going to be able to compete in the open class because there's going to be like non-pro talented guys. Uh, in the 40 plus class, some of them are not going to be, and I love a Greg Degani versus Saxton fight. Like I don't want that to go away. And in the junior class, you could have, I think you should be able to let people run two classes. So 40 plus and open and junior and open. And then you should be able to, like, pros should run just the pro class. And like, the pro class should be capped, and you should have it, it's sort of invitational style, but you leave like half of the spots open. I, I like the way the, um, what the race was, the, what the fuck, live RC race. That's, oh, uh, visions. visions. Yeah, do it in that sort of style. Uh, and then, you can focus on your product, focus your production on the pros, and uh, do a great show. And it, I'm telling you, it's not going to be any more expensive, really. You're gonna, just going to have one guy with a camera do interviews. You agree with the manufacturers that these guys have to come a day early for an interview uh, and shit like that. You hire one guy to do it, um, hire another guy to edit it, and. You can you could you don't have to do live stream of the whole day. Most people don't really need to watch it. You just live stream the A mains of all classes and then all the happening of the um, pro class. And I think that way uh, you sort of get the best of both worlds. You get the same race happening you have now, but you get the benefits of having an RCGP style coverage. Um, so yeah, I hope race time does this. Uh, and if Joey wants to do it, I, I, I huge support it, but I think race time has the better opportunity because they have five races. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough questions for today, Maxi. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about race time and AMS in our conclusion because track looks great. Um, with yep. that said, we're going to thank everybody for their questions. Thank you to BeachRC for their continued support. Remember, everybody, we have an affiliate link that you can use. Helps us out a little bit. Helps give us a little slice of the podcast. Use that. Or even if you just, in the notes, say, hey, I heard about you on the podcast or whatever. Uh, Max, with that said, we're going to go on to the Techno RC main interview. Then we're going to come back for our rant slash conclusion. All right? Yeah. All right. So now we're going to our Techno RC main interview techno rc techno rc techno rc is a premium manufacturer specializing in eighth and tenth scale high performance off-road rc buggies and trucks visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products techno rc Excellence in engineering. Hashtag techno takeover. Joining me this week in the virtual studio, uh, I got the pleasure of driving four hours from Charlotte Airport to Myrtle Beach with him and Brent's big truck. Brent's truck was really big, really big truck. Um, 
But uh, welcome, Mika Widmeyer of Germany, who lives in Austria. Hello. Uh, S-Works driver. How are you doing, man? Hi. I mean, I had some busy weeks with racing, and there are some more busy weeks coming up now, but I'm fine. Yeah, because you went from Masters, then you ra- you went racing this weekend. Where was you this weekend? This weekend, I was in, in Germany, uh-huh. close to Stuttgart. It was um, an indoor carpet race, 110. I think it's one of the biggest races in Germany we have during the winter se- season. Mm-hmm. So, Is this a permanent or, or like semi-permanent no, no, track? No, no, no. Okay. It's not a permanent truck. They just build for the race. And okay. Then... I saw you was there. You won that race. Uh, Jorn mm-hmm. was there. Who else? Uh, yes. Sebastian was... Um, oh, what's the young kid from France? Was he there as well? Yeah, yeah. Clement Boda. Clement Boda. How could I forget his name? Yeah, he I was met. also there. So I think we had some great competition and some cool finals as well. Okay. All right, cool. So and then you're gonna be go I'll see you next, not this weekend, but the following weekend yeah. in uh Florida. This yes. uh, this your first time going to the Florida race or your second time? No, first time. I wanted okay. to come last year, but I couldn't. I had school. Yeah, well you're out of school now, you're working. Uh, for Max and all that. We're going to talk about all of that. But uh, if you guys don't know who this guy is, uh, he's Miko Wittemeyer. He's very young. He's, he's only 21. I know he doesn't sound. It must be something in the water there in Germany. I mean, Barkan and Borak don't look 18 and 16. And if I don't know sound 16, you don't sound or look 21. I don't know, man. What are you guys doing there in Germany? I don't know. <laughs> um. All right. So we're going to start this off, Mika. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you um, get involved in this crazy thing that's RC? Uh, and uh, where did it all start for you? So with RC, I started when I was like three and a half, four years old. My dad just um, started racing with me. He was mm-hmm. looking for, for sports we could do, we could do um, together. And he got really interested in like the model car racing stuff and then we just started to have fun and then it got like more and more each year more races better races better results and now it ended up here so your dad did a race prior to this um or did he yeah he i mean he did just a bit of fun racing mm-hmm. when we started but I think after a few years, he stopped because then it was like too busy to do his cars, my cars, every, mm-hmm. everything on the on the same race. Then we raced together and stuff. So he well, stopped. What I, meant was, just... what I meant was he didn't do RC before you guys got into it. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. All right. So he, you and him both discovered it. Do you remember what your first car was? I don't really know, but I think I started with like some Tamiya stuff, mm-hmm. some RTRs. I also did some fifth scale in the beginning. Really? And yeah. Was you good at it? No, I was like five years old. Five years old. I mean, the car was bigger than me. Off road or on road? Uh, off road. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, but- when was your first race grade car? What was it? What class was you running? Um, mainly at the beginning, it was 1.8 racing. Mm-hmm. I think my first real race car I had was an X-Ray, and then I lose the Okay. So uh, so a little bit, well, I guess kind of 8 scale was kind of big in Germany 
at that point, what we're talking about, you're 21 now, so maybe 15, 17 years ago, 16 years ago, sorry. Daniel Rackward, was he still via, like running and all that stuff when you was getting into RC? Was he still like um, really fast and all that? Because that's the one German guy that I know that's really good. Besides Jorn. Jorn. Yeah. Well, I'm but, talking about uh, Daniel Rackward. Was that way Rackward? before you, right? I think um, when I was really young, Mm-hmm. He was, I think it was like the time when he won like his uh, European champion titles right. and German champion. That was when I was really young or even before I was born. So when I started um, racing also German national races, mm-hmm. he was also racing and was always in the top five, top three. Mm-hmm. So, so you kind of caught it after his, his glory years, but still fast. Yeah. Okay, yes. so I I can see why it was uh ten scale eight scale was really big probably at that time in Germany, especially with what he was doing. He was like one of the hottest eight scale drivers in the, at at the time. Of um, course. So that's understandable. Uh, what was your first? You didn't even remember your first buggy. Come, oh, you had an X ray. That's right, you had an X ray. Then you had a low C eight. When did um? I was even researching you. You was running Schumacher ten scale cars and all that yes. type of stuff. And then I think in twenty sixteen. You joined S-Works. It was you and was it Walenka or was it Jorn? No, no. Um, in 2016, only I joined S-Works and I think I had a great year. I was second at the German Nationals and stuff like that. And then in 2017, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Walenka and Jorn joined our team. Okay. Okay. So what happened to you? So when you, when you got picked up by S-Works, because... I mean, let's be honest, I didn't really know who you was back then. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't know, no offense to you. What led to that? How did you get there? You was doing well in um, just at Nationals in Germany. Who was some of your biggest competition when you was younger and racing at these races? I mean, when I like, when in the first years when I got into German Nationals, it was like a younger generation who was <laughs> fighting together. It was also like Burak, me, Berkan. So, and then I think when I was at the level to fight for the national titles, I, my main competition was like Jörn, Burak, Berkan, um, Carsten Keller, Aaron Münster, and some more um, German guys. Mm-hmm. So I think we had a pretty, pretty strong nationals. Right, uh, competitive nationals. Yes. Would you say it's still that competitive now? I think now it's it's still competitive, but if you if you go now to the race and think about who will win, mm-hmm. I think there are less drivers who you would say because now the Kilich brothers are very fast. So I think it's them and Jörn, and then there's probably yeah, probably a gap. Okay. Aaron Rönig is also doing very, very yes, good. Yes, I now. met him at the Worlds. Yeah, he's also pretty fast now. So I would say they are like, before there were like six, seven drivers, and now they are like mm-hmm. four to five, I would say. All right. So joining S Works in 2016, how did that come about? Um, I think we were just looking for a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. And before I was also sponsored from a German um, hobby shop. And he was already in contact with Max because they did um, business a long time ago. And so I don't know. 
over that job, there was like a connection to Max, and then my my dad and Max just talked, and yeah, I tested the cars, and then I joined the team. Yeah, you was really young too. So that's 2016. That's eight years ago. Yes. So very young. What was you in school full time and all of that as well? Was you like going to regular school? Was you into any other type of sports when you were younger? Um, I did also like I was also playing um, football when I was mm -hmm. younger, but then I stopped because racing got so much. And I was also like playing in the goal. Mm -hmm. but no then when you, yeah but then when you are not there not at the weekend when you are racing you can't come to the games but if you have an important position in your team yeah. it's yeah. also yeah. difficult to leave them alone so i decided to stop with football and just do like rc racing to okay. focus on that so when you joined SRX, was it your goal? did you think it would turn out like this or was it your goal to kind of just be a full-time pro racer um, I think he was kind of on, I'm not saying that you ain't there yet, but I, you, I think he was kind of on that way, but now you're kind of transitioning to now you work for S works kind of, um, you've, you've left Germany. You now live in, uh, Vienna or just outside of Vienna. Where do no, you live no, in Austria Linz, now? Linz, 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 Linz. So you moved there. Your, ah, my mic is dropping. Hold on. I got a new toy, so I'm kind of playing with it. You moved to Austria to work and all that type of stuff. So you do it. You're like, yeah, full into RC right now. Maybe not as a, a professional driver per se. Still a driver. You know what I mean? Yes. But a different, you're like at a different level or different, you're filled in a, a different niche in RC, which I, I kind of want to uh, talk about later because a lot of people think there's only, you can only be a pro driver in RC. There are other things you can do. But when you joined S-Works, um, what was Max telling you? Because I think S-Works by that time had been through so many different type of uh, owners. I mean, it was that time and A-Main had it and they were doing, they had Atsushihara and all that. And then you, it was various other people in America that had it. I wasn't quite sure who was doing it in, in Europe, but since Max has kind of got involved, it's like blown up. It's, it's you yeah. know, you see S-Works everywhere in Europe. You was like the first guy he signed. You're still there. You got a job with him. How... How's that progression been? How did do you can, can you tell the story like how Max even got involved in this and decided to do this? I think the whole story how he got into it and when he exactly took the most part over, I don't really know. Okay. But I know when I joined the team 2016, he was already doing a lot and um then I think in 2017 2018 that were like some key years mm -hmm. or, I, or I even think that in Volanka and uh, Neumann they joined in 2018 not 17, 18 because 16, 17 I was alone at the team mm -hmm. and then I think after 17 they come in 18 so when they came in 18 I think there was like the decision from Max that okay now we want to push the team we want to try to make it bigger to grow mm -hmm. the brand. So I think 2017, 2018, that was like the the big push. And the then point in 2019, where he decided, okay, now we push. Yeah, and actually, you guys got Walanka when he was still good. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not saying that he isn't good now, but it definitely took some time off. He was doing well. I think he. I, this is what I think. I don't know how true it could be. 
but he kind of left X-ray where he was kind of at the bottom of the rung of the ladder on the team there. I think at some point with with Walanka, he comes to S-Works. At that time, at S-Works, he's, he's still like a top contender that's making, you know, this is a guy we can talk about making world, I mean, Euro finals and stuff like this. Yeah. He comes to S-Works. I think he gets that almost that number one position, him and Jorn out there doing pretty well. And yeah. then... um. Yeah, there. You're like the younger guy, so you're you're gonna be like 17, 18 when this is all happening. Uh, yeah, so you got some. We did, so when those guys came over, did you learn a lot from them? Because you did say you like to work with Yorn a lot. Yeah, I think I learned a lot from Yorn mm-hmm. because I like him as a person a lot. Also, when I was like young, he was like my RC hero. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I the first time I saw him was I think I was like nine years old. Okay. At that point, he won, I think, um, one of his first 1-8 national titles. And then I also got, for my birthday present, I got a signed tire from him and stuff like that. So he was really my RC hero. And then when he joined our team and I could work with him and go racing with him, I spent a lot of time with him and I learned a lot of him. because. Well, you beat him this weekend. Yes. <laughs> so you've, you've become, you now the you've bested the master. Uh, what is it like working with Jorn? It's cool. I think we we have like on many points we have um, the same opinion. We think like in a in a similar way, mm-hmm. and yeah, working with him is always a pleasure. Does he give, give a lot of feedback to the cars? Because he's 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 a veteran. He he doesn't seem that old. I don't know how old he is. I, but... I think he's thirty now. Yeah, but he's been around. He's been doing this for so long. Yes, of you course. know, I mean, so, he, he has a lot of experience, right? Does that come over? Does he do? Does he have a lot of feedback with what you guys do there at SRX with the eight scale programs? Yeah, I think when you're driving the cars, he he, he sees a lot, he feels a lot in the cars, and then because of all his experience, you also see some points like, okay, we we could try that or improve that. So I think his knowledge is is pretty good. Okay. Um. Then 2019, you guys make a big, big sign and sign boots. Yeah. Go out, win Silver State that year. 2019. Yeah, I think in 19 we also signed Canas. Canas, but I think was oh. it was it or was it Canas then boots? Because boots came like mid, like after a few months in uh, 2019. Because no, NC, I he think was... they they both run from the beginning of 19. No. You sure. Yeah, because in March in March we had um, the. How was it called? The race at the, in England, which was mm. in the past was the Neo race and then the DXR race. Yeah, DXR. So we were at DXR race. We had like Boots and Canas driving our cars, and that. Well, was I think Boots March. changed that year. I think he changed in 2019. Yeah, they Be- came at the beginning of 19. Both. But no, so okay, so let's rewind a little bit. I remember Boots being at DNC with a Kyosho in 2019, and I think he made this switch to S-Works like just be- about a month or two after that or a month after that if I remember Could correctly. Be. Could be. Yeah, because Canas, now that I think Canas came first and then Boots, yes, he had the issue, I think he, he was running like parts from the older car on the new car at at DNC and that kind of mm-hmm. ended his career. But I mean, a great move, he comes out, he comes out swinging, uh, Silver State was that year. Yeah. He came out, he won that you know, I never forget telling him go up there, and you know he went up there and done well. Canas has been 
absolutely amazing. Like, you know what I mean? He is, um, he has stepped up to another level. Like we talked about it. We was talking about who we think are top five drivers. We said, we said, Ongaro, Ronafalk, um, Mayfield, Fenn, and then Kanas fits in there. He's one of yes. the top five guys. Uh, what I mean, I think Kanas has been the best. At the, the you know he's been the most successful driver since you guys have come on. He's done well. He's 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 becoming world known now, after, especially after the world and okay. stuff like that. What's it like to work with? You get a chance to talk to somebody like Kanas or or, or Boots, who are who's a little bit older. What is it like working with those guys? It's 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 great too. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I had. I had um, races. I I were together with Kanas. I mean, the RCGP at Manila, the first ever event. I was um, racing with Kanas together, so we spent there like Mm -hmm. the week. And also, like for the EOS race um, round one in April this year, he Mm -hmm. he um, he traveled to me. He stayed with me at my home for a day, and we traveled together to that race. So. I had um, great times with both, both of them. And yeah, I mean, working with them is always cool. They have a lot of ideas. They are pretty fast. They can give good feed- feedback. So what do you think separates Kness? Because I heard he like he just practices a lot. He just goes out there. He puts in a lot. Like even for the world, sir, he was out there practicing a lot. Uh, do you notice anything special about him that uh, you may not see in other drivers or maybe why his now at this level that is at he's gotten at this level pretty fast yeah i i mean on one side he has a lot of talent of mm-hmm. course and but then he's also working a lot for it i mean mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of testing practicing and he always wants to he always wants to learn too so when you have an idea he always tries it because he want wants to know if it's faster or not mm-hmm. so he's not like if you tell him like, any idea and he's not like mm, i don't try i don't care he's trying everything mm. because he he always wants to learn he wants to get faster and so he's he's doing a lot of it uh, for it and yeah i mean he's driving very good that's good that's good you can see it's definitely paying dividends because man this year i mean i i watched him like 20 2019 when i saw him at uh, thunder alley mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is amazing. Like, he's just so fast. Then, um, obviously, I'm watching him over the last couple of years, but I think where he was so fast, too, was at the RCGP Italy race, and him and Ongaro, like, battled it out to the end, man. He was just, he was so fast. Like, he's just, he's on another level. He's yeah. on a different level than a lot of guys, and he hasn't, I don't even think he's reached his full potential yet, to be honest. He's still young and he's still got some time to go. Yeah, of so, course. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about America. Um, mm-hmm. Like we talked about it earlier, A-Main had S-Works. That was probably way before your time at Sushihara. The brand had struggled for some time to get uh, some footing in America. It did on the A-Main, dropped off. Tim Lime has been back in. You got Brent Dansford. You got RC1, I think is done in Florida as well. <clears throat> uh, Tim has been pushing hard. I'm starting to see. Uh, more and more S-Works guys and more and more cars, people running S-Works. So things are starting to pick up for you guys in America. Joe, is uh, yeah. he was looking good at the beginning of the year. Kind of, you know, you know, I don't expect, especially people think when you go to a new chassis, it's supposed to be fast right away and stuff. It takes time too. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Spencer, 
he 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 has very good talent. He can be fast. We saw that at uh, RCGP. He was flying. Yes, you know. And then you got Tanner Denny, who's also maybe not racing as much, but very fast as well. Yes, and of course you have Camden. So Aswark seems to be seems to be growing in America. Um, I know you guys are probably going to pick up a lot of regional guys this year. You know, I saw a lot of guys trying you guys' cars. That's good to see. Like, so how's it been? This is the most I think you've seen co- happening in America in your time at Aswarks. Yes, of course. I mean, now we're at the point we have a we have a great team. Mm-hmm. All the people are very nice. It's cool to work with them together. They are fast on the tracks. They can help us to develop the cars more for the for the American market for the American type of tracks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they are. I mean, they are all very fast, doing great results. And I think we are on a good way to push our brand. Mm-hmm. Then we have with um, with Brand and Franco, we have two great distributors. Um, so yeah, I think we're on a good way. And of course, also Tim is doing a great job as a team manager. I don't know how he does all of that. Like he is a team manager. He has a track. He has a real business that's bit busy. He has kids. You know, I don't know where he has all the time. Brent's another one. I don't know where he has all this time for doing things. Yeah, uh, but, it's, but... It, it's 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 the job. This is the way, right? That's how he got to yeah. do it. So. And your role has kind of transformed now. You, you, I mean, you did run at the Worlds. You're, it doesn't seem like you're running much eight scale anymore. Um, yeah. Is that true? Yeah, at the moment, I'm like more focusing on one ten scale because right. we, yeah, we want we want to to make our one ten car stronger to build a one ten team mm-hmm. and also get the one ten stuff fit for the American market. And yeah, I right. honestly I also really like one driving one ten, mm-hmm. and so I said okay, I will focus on that. And we'll well, you've seen some success. You made you made some EOS finals. Um, you've had a good. I think you had a good twenty one and a twenty one. You've had a decent year this year. Um, and you're racing a lot of carpet. Let's put it this way: you don't race much dirt. You come to America, yeah. you race that hobby action. You came to Masters your first time on that type of surface, running slicks and all that. There, how was that for you? Yeah, I think um, hope, um, the Desert Classic at Hobby Action was was a race to learn for mm-hmm. me to get in touch with that kind of dirt tracks, to get in touch with the tires, the treatment of the tires. So at that race, I. I learned a lot, so mm-hmm. it was like not. I wasn't there for like getting the best result. It was right. to try a lot of things to learn as much as possible. And then at the race of Brand at the Masters of Dirt, I was still learning, but mm-hmm. I already had like some good, um, a kind of a good knowledge or basic knowledge. So. It was definitely better for me, and this time I could also start working more on on the cars and also on my driving. Mm. So, and it's the, and the dirt's a little bit different at beach too. Not, yes. Was how was that compared to what you drive on uh, Astro and carpet wise, like that type of clay with slicks? Because that's like it's, it's high traction. It's difficult to describe or to compare because I mean, 
on the on the American dirt, you also have like high traction because when you go out of a corner, you can do wheelies, mm. and you also have sometimes like traction rolls. But then when you enter a corner, it can also happen that your the your rear end is sliding away and you do like a 180. So it's like it's high grip, but it's a strange kind of high grip compared to astroturf or carpet because on astroturf and carpet you can always enter the corners full with full speed, just mm -hmm. brake, and out of the corner you just do full throttle again and your car is like staying the same. It's like the rear is not moving. Yeah. So I get I get what you're saying. It has the forward bike traction, but <clears throat> when you you yeah. if you you get too aggressive on the turns, you'll spin out and stuff like that. I mean, two wheel drive you didn't do too well. I think you was in the C man. You had a you won that though. You bumped up. I, I was second. I behind Joey, so we both bumped up to the right. B man. That was a very hard race to run because there's a lot of noise. Yeah, <laughs> but was it was pretty funny. I mean, I fun. think it was. The the funniest and uh, yeah the funniest race I have I ever had with the best atmosphere. So yeah, that it was, was great. Cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, because I heard the races in Europe are very quiet. You don't talk much at ten scale races or shout or. Well, the yeah, Euros anyway. it, it's more it's more quiet. I mean, if you are at the US and you have Scotty Anster who's commentating the whole day, it's also loud and cool. Mm -hmm. But normally it's like it's more quiet. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you're coming. You've been talking about developing these cars for the USA, one eight scale and ten scale cars. Can you talk a little bit about the differences that you need for these cars between Europe and America? Let's start with the eight scale car. Like, what are the, what are you guys looking from <clears throat> the European version of your car to make it into a America? Because I'm heard Tim Lime said the same thing. So I just maybe you can shed a little light onto that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the one eight car, it was like the biggest difference. Of the tracks are that in Europe you has have like more high speed flat mm -hmm. tracks. You see, like in Ridovan, that was was a very good example. And then in the US you have well, like it didn't it wasn't flat. It was high speed. It wasn't flat, but yeah. it was very high corner speed. Yeah, right. That's what I think you meant. Yeah, corner speed. Yeah, gotcha. but that, also like the ground is like more flat because mm -hmm. if you compare to America, you have like a lot of bumps. Mm -hmm. and holes and in europe it's like must move and so that's probably the the biggest difference because in europe you you go more for mac, um, maximize the steering and stuff like that but in the us you need to you need a car which is very easy to handle who takes the bumps very good mm -hmm. and stuff like that so for that we did our new rear end which was um, released shortly before the words. And the American guys, they tested it a, a long time. Then we tested it in Europe too. Mm -hmm. and, it, um, and it looks like that it's working pretty good in the US and also in Europe because I think everybody used it at the words as well. So that's something we did with the rear end. You have like more rear traction. Um, in combination, you also have a bit more steering, which is, I think, not bad in general. And also, it handles the bumps better, so that should be would or that was a very good step for the US market. So that that's the that's the stuff on the one eight car. What was what was the type of stuff you was working on uh, at Masters, or can you say? 
Because it was you, Joe, and Spencer were thrashing away all weekend. Yeah, we were like, um, we were comparing our our cars with the others. We checked what they have, what we have. Then we were also like discussing um, things from the 1.8 car because we changed some parts on the rear end to get like more traction. And we were thinking about maybe we can do the same on the 110 scales to get the same um, results. So yeah, we, we are just collecting ideas. Now mm -hmm. we will do some, some parts to test and then we will see if we're on the right way. How long does it, I remember we was talking about this. Um, how long, when you have an idea, like a part, like you go, you came from Master's Dirt, you got some ideas for new parts. Yeah. How long does it take from you getting those ideas to the people that need to, to make the parts to you having those parts in your hand? Roughly. I'm, it depends. It depends. Mm -hmm. It depends on what type of, of part, because if it's a plastic part, it's probably more difficult because mm -hmm. you need a mold for it. And it's also very expensive. So for plastic parts, we try to do some 3D printing stuff. Um, aluminum parts, are it's easier because you need no mold. And yeah, then it always depends on what kind of part you need and how busy the production companies are because i think the the drawing of a new part is that that stuff is um, always pretty fast but then at the end it's always like how busy the production companies are how fast they can um they can produce it so okay all right um so the 10 scale worlds are at hobby action next year are we gonna yes. see are we gonna? I, I know this is. I know you probably can't answer this. Are we gonna see S-Works pick up like um, a ten scale early type of gun into or or weapon like a, a driver like that that you know, or maybe some a driver that does both eight scale and ten scale that can win both uh, eight scale and ten scale worlds. Is any plans like that for for S-Works going into next year? I think we won't. We will not get a completely new driver mm -hmm. for doing all that. I think we will stay basically with the with the team we have now for next mm -hmm. year. Maybe some small changes. But yeah, I think for the 110 Worlds next year, we will come with a competitive and strong team. I don't know if um, like Kanas and Boots, if they will also come to the well, race. I was going to ask, will you think they would do any 10 scale on that level? I think maybe at the Worlds, maybe mm -hmm. yes. But I don't know. But I don't know how they can prepare for it because we also have a lot of one. They have a lot of one eight scale races, so I'm not sure. I think the US guys like Joey Spencer, mm -hmm. they will come. Of course, I will come, and yeah, maybe we will. I will bring. Yeah, some maybe guys like um, European guns with me. Yeah, um, what's his name? The, the young kid, Clement. He's good. Yeah, uh, I, th I think he will come. Of course. Yeah, and then. Maybe maybe Kanas or Boots if they want. I'd like to see Kanas come. Boots is going to yeah. be kind of hard. He's, yeah. he's, he's kind of full up with eight scale and a new baby and all that stuff. So, um, But I think Kanas, I'd like to see Kanas wheel some 10 scale cars. So look, so you've been, so we went to this Masters of Dirt. You looked at all these guys racing their fan, all these these young stock guys. What do you think about that, about the stock class? I know maybe not the first time you've seen this, but I like it. Yeah, I think it's it, it it's a great um it's also a great class. We also see it at um like the EOS. Mm -hmm. 
it's also it's also a cool class because it's it's not like they are like I don't know completely off pace compared to modified. Mm. They're also doing or they also have a really really fast pace. So and there's also exciting race racing. And yeah. I personally think it's a it's a good class if you want to to go to modify. It's mm-hmm. a good way to start with stock racing, and then when you can handle the stock cars great, when you are fast with them, then you are. Re- I think then you are ready for the for the next step, which is modified. I basically did the same when I was younger. I was racing in like newcomer classes, stock classes, mm-hmm. and then when I was when the point was there, I was fast enough, or I was confident enough with those cars. I switched to modify so. I think stock classes are very good. Yeah, it's like the 250 class of motocross, supercross. Um, You got to see Fend, all these guys on the term type of turf, because, you know, a lot of these American racers are used to that type of, that clay, dirt, breaking in tires and all that stuff. Who do you think is some of the favorites going into this world's next year from your your visit on this trip? Mm, I think um, Fend, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean... In one ten scale, he he looked amazing at almost every every race they had. I think Mayfield will be also strong because he is. I think he's living very close to hobby action, mm-hmm. so it's kind of his home world. And then, of course, um, Spencer Rifkin, always first. I mean, at the end, everybody can win it because they are all fast. But How I about would, the Euro guys? You think they're gonna be at a little bit of a disadvantage over there at that surface? If if they have a good preparation and maybe do some some races before in the US on that type of tracks, I think of course you always have like a small disadvantage when you are not daily mm-hmm. racing on it. But with a good preparation, I think it's it's okay. Do you think guys like Ron Falk, Ongaro, Kanas can just drop eight scale for a few weeks, take pick up ten scale and do well at these races like that? Like, I mean, let's be honest, they don't race a lot of ten scale, but they always seem yeah. to be able to do well at these world events. I I think, like I said, I think with a good preparation, they can do it. I think it's the same with Bruno. Bruno's racing mm-hmm. so many classes, and always before he's doing like, if he's if he knows there's like touring car euros or worlds, then a week or two weeks before he's only driving touring car. Then he knows there's like one eight words or euros, then he's only doing one eight. So with a good preparation, I think everything is possible. It'd be interesting to see him on this type of uh, dirt. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Let's talk about you a little bit, a bit more. So, you're 21 years old. Uh, what do you actually, what, you went to school. What did you go to school to learn? Yeah, I mean, I did a normal um, school education, so there was not not a special direction okay. I was doing. But you did like then, university and all that stuff? or No, so I finished um, school, so I, I did like the, High school. the highest school finish mm. because we have like different type of school. I was at the highest highest school and did there my my exams. And then when I was done with that, I just started a, like a normal apprenticeship. That's um, what? Sorry? 
As what? Apprentice as what? Um, in kind of um, sales business. Okay. Sales stuff. That was in Germany. No, no. That was... The, so after school, I uh, moved to Austria and started that kind of um, apprenticeship at the office of Max. Oh, okay. Okay. So you went to work for Max. So yes. now what do you do? Now you, you do you work just strictly on the RC side of things or do you work on the auto, like the automotive side of things as well? So my apprentice size um, ship was at the automotive side and RC, it was like mixed. And now when I finished that, I just working into the RC business. All right. So you're basically out there shipping out all the parts, making sure everything's stocked up. You turned into like yeah, a I'm test. like yeah, I'm like on the sales side. So mm -hmm. like when we get orders, um, I check that. When we do orders, I help. Then like customer communication, if they have questions, I help them. Also, okay. de also dealing with our distributors and shops. And then also like when we, I'm into the development of the cars and stuff like that. So yeah. So I I, I get this I. I go back to this. Did you imagine your journey taking this twist? Because I no. see you. Yeah. Cause I see you like you're in RC. You're not necessarily a pro driver, but you're, you're influential in developing these type of cars and you're working, you know, you're working, you got a, you got a real job. When I mean a real job, you got a real job in RC alongside with be, being a driver, going to races and all this stuff. I don't, I think it's good because too many people focus on, I just want to be a pro driver and I want to be a pro driver. Well, that's hard and very, very hard to do, very hard to make money at and very stressful too, because you're only as good as your last race. So what I think you have done is found a very great niche for yourself because what you've yeah. done, I mean, let's say if you, you start working at S-Works, you can go on and do this at any other company that is involved in any other company period, but you're definitely an RC And you still get to go to races. You still, yes. I guess, did you have to change your mentality from, it's not about me doing well. It's about, yes, you want to do well. It's about development and get doing and getting the car better for everybody. I mean, it's not like changing my, uh, my thinking or stuff because I want to improve the cars, but I also, there's also a point like I want to be good at the races. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm now at the point like I have a great amazing combination of work and um, driving. So, but I when I'm driving, I also want to be like competitive and doing good mm -hmm. results. So I am like developing the cars for myself and also for customers. Got you, got you. That's cool. Um, but it is a, it's a hard adjustment, I would say, but it's, you've carved out a great niche for yourself. It's a couple of other guys that have done this in RC, like JR Mitch seems to be like one of them guys. He was doing a lot of stuff for Losi, hobby shops and all that stuff. So it's good to see you're still young. You're only 21 years old. Um, you got a lot of, a lot of things open to you. Uh, what's, S-Works looking like for the future. Are we going to have another S-Works complete uniform? I really like that. I like the all red with the red shoes and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I think you guys should have kept that going. Um, of course. We will keep the red color. No, but I mean the all red. Like I think you, yeah. you know, look great. And it was like it had was one of the professional things for Max, man. Does he even race? I need to get just get Max on her and talk to him. Does he even that race? Will, I think that would be great too, yeah. Yeah, I met him. I finally met him at the Worlds and talked to him briefly. But I definitely want to get his story. 
Um, but yeah, he's done a, a, a wonderful job of SRX. I mean, I know you've been kind of, you kind of been right along there with him and now you're, you're reaping the benefits of that by working, traveling. I mean, you're going to be in Florida next week. I'll see you next yeah. weekend. You excited about Florida Copper Champs? Of course. No, this really is just, excited. this is you. Like, this is what you do well on. So, you know, it's some pressure on you this weekend, next weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe maybe a race in the U.S. where the Europeans are, I think it's easier for us to be competitive because mm. we're more used to it. So that's like the, the shots to, to show what we, what, what we really can. So. And you, and the, the, that's where cars are really good on carpet too, because yes. that's what it's Especially been developed like, for. Like, um, our two wheel drive, we, we, we really build it for carpet racing, for high grip racing. So that car is performing very good on, very good in this condition. So I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited too. I can't wait. Um, I'll get to see Mikhail Orlowski drive 10 scale. I've never yeah. seen that before. So that's interesting. Yeah. Can't wait for that. What are your goals? I mean, you're 21. You, you, you're kind of living a, a RC dream kind of, you know, no, I mean, not maybe the dream that everybody thinks of. Everybody thinks it's some glamorous jet set in life, but, um, yeah, you're, you're kind of in a happy space. I would say when I'm talking to you, when yeah. I was talking to you in, in, in Myrtle beach, you're enjoying what you're doing. What are your, uh, future plans? Like, I mean, you're still young, but you know, you got to start thinking about stuff like that. I mean, I would love, I would love to continue like that. Like mm -hmm. it is now for the next years. I think as long as I have um, fun driving um, and I enjoy the hobby, it's like the best I can do. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think I will see what the future brings. I mean, I can't really plan what's in five years, mm -hmm. but so for the next one, two, three years, I think I would love to continue how it is now. And then I will see how everything is going. All right. Um, also, uh, what uh, I, I was you I remember you saying you like this is off RC, but you like German hip hop. I was trying to find some German hip hop, couldn't find none. So you got to give me uh, some artist names to look up. Um, and I don't know why that came to my brain because you was talking about I think about your AirPods that you lost for like four days. You thought you lo lost them at the gas. So anyway, guys, it's a funny story. He's just like, did I leave my AirPods in your in your bag or something? And I was like, no. I don't know how that would be possible because we only was cheering a ride him. This guy thought he lost his AirPods. He was sleeping on them for like three days. Yeah, it was crazy because I always, I also was like looking in the bed if I lost them there, but I couldn't find them. And then at one evening they were okay. They were on the, under the the top the the towel or I don't know how to call it. But the other the other day I felt under the sheet of the bed under the sheet of the bed. <laughs> So and I was like, okay. and the other day I felt bad for you was uh Friday night because you had to hang you had to be there late with Brent on the party night. Yes, but and I, I think like, Sunday night was even longer. Was because on, um after the race on Sunday, I think we went home at four o'clock. Oh my gosh. Because um we had a pretty nice um, night with um with Brand Dakota and I don't 
the the guy from Infi- uh, from Trinity, the owner. Oh, Kevin Abbott. Yeah, Kevin. So we were like um, till three o'clock. We were on the track doing some funny things. They were like drinking a bit, and then at three o'clock they decided to go to uh, Waffle House. You guys stayed at the track till three o'clock Sunday. Yes. What? I thought yeah, everybody so was going out to dinner and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I think I think Kevin and Fent they went to dinner and then they came back. You stayed till three o'clock in the morning at the track. Yes. So after the race on Sunday, yes. With who? You? Who else? Because when I left, guys were racing. I thought you guys were gonna leave. Soon. I was also I was also racing, but then everybody left, and then just we stayed. And then yeah, I think. Brent and Dakota were also doing um, some things at the office at the oh, other okay. side of the track. So I was alone. I was alone at the track, just driving a bit more. And then they came over. We did some funny things, and then it was like three o'clock in the morning. And then they decided to go to Waffle House to give me like the full ex- um, American experience. Well, that's his full Southern American experience because you know Waffle House is where you go. And everything else yeah. is closed, and you you know it's where you go to get sop up all the alcohol that you drink that night before. I've had lots of Waffle House in my journeys to America. What was yeah, your favorite but, food when you was in America? What did you like the most? Um, I in in in, in March when I was at Toby Action, I really liked um, the Longhorn food. I think yeah. you and me we went there like every evening. <laughs> Did you go to, you went to Longhorns. Oh, you didn't go. You didn't go out that night. That's where everybody went. Longhorns. They have a nice one there. But I wasn't there. I was at a trek. <laughs> we probably, we should probably go to Longhorns in Florida. We should. Or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Something nice. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. All right. My last question before I go. You're a young, young, young man in RC. You're coming up. Uh, any, any thoughts on how we can, improve rc or anything you'd like to see happen in our industry how do we get more young people into this staying into this you know with so much competition out there i, I straight i say younger people because you are young you're 20 younger you're 21 mm-hmm. you will have a better grasp on this is the social media stuff working are we catching people like that how is how, what are we doing wrong here to uh mm-hmm. not get these young guys into young young people into rc i think the social media stuff is getting better every year mm-hmm. always also like the um the media coverage of the events is getting better and better but what i think what i see in europe it's because everything is getting more expensive mm. so for young people it's i think it's really really difficult to to get into the hobby if you have if you haven't like parents or a father who is um doing that with you together I think it's very hard to get into it. So I would agree. So I think, yeah, now we're on a in a difficult situation because since the war war in the Ukraine and then the COVID and all that stuff, it it's a difficult situation. Yeah, I think I not really know how to solve that problem because it's mm-hmm. it's complicated. I think. It is. Um, how about professionalism? I know SRX was big on that. Um, like I said, they had that whole red uniform before. 
Do you think we need more of that? Like, especially on our pro side of things, should we, I mean, let's be honest, you went to Masters of Dirt, you wouldn't know who a pro driver was or who was it. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you I don't know. Do we have to put, do we have to make our professionals be a little bit, because I say this because SWAX was doing it. You know, I see a, I see a nice button up SWAX shirt in the back there. And I think mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that our pro drivers should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I think one good um, good step would be to get the the, the hobby more popular. Mm-hmm. So if you have like more people watching it or can watch it, then the people get more. Um, they get in touch with it and know it more. Mm-hmm. And of course, then if you are at that point, it would help if the if the teams are like more. More, more unique if they have like their uniforms and stuff because then it's also for um, people from outside it's easier to rec- recognize who is driving and for which brand and who's like professional and stuff so it can help it can help I can think it can help Mika what are your goals for Florida Copper Championships mm, I think the main goals are to get into the A main that would be great because yeah, I the Europeans from last year they said like the US carpet is a bit different compared to the carpet in Europe. Then we are also using I think mainly we use J Concept tires. In mm-hmm. Europe we use Schumacher tires. So there are still some things which are different to Europe. I don't know how high how good they are to handle for me or mm-hmm. how well I will feel with the car. So that's something I need to see. So my goals are mainly doing the A main in both classes, and then to see what what happens in the A main because I think then everything is possible. Yeah, let's also make it a goal to get you to a restaurant that isn't Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, I was also one time we also went to Outback That's when I was with Fjorn in in Hobby Action, but we preferred Longhorn, so we stayed with that. You know, we're gonna go find we're gonna go find a nice Jamaican restaurant. Let me go to Florida and go get some Jamaican, some nice spicy jerk chicken for you. Here we okay. Go. <laughs> if you can handle it. Mika, it was it was a pleasure uh hanging out with you at Masters of Dirt. I look forward to hanging out with you and all the other Europeans yeah. that are coming over. I really enjoy this race, this 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 race, this Florida Carpet Championship race is turning into that almost like the DNC of of Tense yeah. because you're getting all these guys coming over from Europe, and that's all. Anytime we get to see the Europeans and other international racing at this to this extent, I love it. I look forward to it. It's good. It brings a whole another level. Like it brings, it's like going to the world. Everybody's on a different level because it's like country yeah. pride at that point. So I look forward to that. I'm sure I'll be talking to you when I get there. Obviously, okay. and um, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Yes, keep doing what you're doing. And I'll um, do my best. <laughs> I think you're gonna I think you're you're gonna have a bright future ahead of you in RC. We'll see. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah, man, cool. And uh yeah, you gotta you gotta hit me to some of this German hip hop when I see you uh in Florida. So you can just we'll tell me about this stuff. For sure. All right, man. Well you have a good one and tell Max I said what's up. You need to get him on this podcast. Yeah. I will do. <laughs> cool. All right, Max, we are back for the 
Conclusion slash RC rant. And this week, the RC rant is brought to you by Lugs Racing Tires. We have over 55 years of combined RC experience. Lugs Racing Tires has been testing treads, wheels, and rubber for performance. They have the Lugs Econ tires that were developed with racing budgets in mind, high quality with lower costs that can be paid, which means savings that can be passed on to you, the racer. They also have their premium brand of the tire. Uh, which provides pure performance made using Lugs custom molds and proprietary rubber compound. They just released their slides about a month and a half ago. Tires are available in medium, soft, super soft, mega soft, and long wear. They also have truggy tires as well, and I believe they're working on some 10-scale tires. You can visit them at www.lugsracing.com. You can save 25%, I believe it is, with the promo code NNRCLUGS. Uh, the link for that is in the written description of this podcast. All right, Max. So real quick, uh, you took it down. It's not there anymore. But when you get a chance, find that picture. Uh, we do have probably the last big race going on this weekend. It's at Alabama's Manufacturer Shootout at Coleman, Alabama. Uh, this is the second year that has been at this time of the year. Usually it's in June. I did go in 2018. Last year was great. We did a whole virtual uh, coverage of it. Uh, we had great coverage. They had a schedule. They had um, a cap race. Um, not sure it's capped again this year. Um, not sure how the numbers are. I haven't looked at anything, but I see a lot of people go into this race. A lot of the top pros. I think we're going to see all the top guys there. Uh, it looks good. Track looks good. Max, did you ever get that yeah. picture of the track up or did you lose yeah, it? Yeah, let's, let's get the track, track up. So, so looks great. Yeah. Uh, this is not a very big arena. I will tell people that, um, it's it's a it's a medium size one i would say it's, it's about i wouldn't even say it's half the size of pmb maybe but uh, yeah but i think i think it's big enough for for a, like eight scale race i don't think it's like oh yeah it's big enough uh yeah. track looks great though i like it um oh, yeah i, I, I actually like i i have to be honest i prefer it as as like how it looks i prefer it from last year i think last year those jump sections were a bit too difficult for at least the open right. Class. That was the like a ten class, scale type was... of track, right? If I remember yeah. correctly, the yeah. Fen one, Fen one, yeah. right? Yeah, Fen dominated like one by a half a lap or something. But um, yeah, I think for sure um, this year's track looks better. But let's see how how the action is. I like I like it. It's a bit more 180, 90 degree corners, not so much like drivable corners. But I like the jumps. The end of the straight looks interesting. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm just I, I saw I saw some video of Warren Hodge driving on it, but I couldn't find it anymore. Oh, you've seen some video of it? Okay. Yeah, it I looked, haven't. It um, good. I haven't seen any video of it. Uh, they don't have. No, that's nothing up. Oh, this is from 2021. All right. Um, I was looking for maybe race time. See what they have here. Let's see. Uh, I think. I think. I, I give Dave all the credit for making it a cap race. I think this race should probably move down to three days. It, it, he's every every time he's had a four day race, it hurts him. PMB was four days, and mm-hmm. I think people just want to have. Um, they just kind of want to come in on a Friday practice and and race. So maybe they have to find like a, a mix of a, a hybrid capped but open practice type of race. I don't know how they would do that. But uh, yeah. I think I think open practice with you know you have three runs or four runs per class or something. 
per person because some people won't practice on Friday. So I think that's one like you choose on an online app or something like. Yeah, I don't know. But track looks good. Last race of the year. Uh, I would say where we get most of these guys are going to eight scale wise. Then we probably won't see these guys until DNC. Well, SIC is first, but yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, sorry. I forgot about yeah. SIC. SIC, DNC. That's probably the first race you're going to see these guys running eight scale after this race. Yeah. But yeah, should we go into good. rant? Yeah, let's go on to this rant real quick. Um, let's take this down. Let me bring up that rant. So, Javier says, you know, we're back, we're back. Everybody's happy to be back. Is that, yes, this year we had, okay, so this is where it starts. Yes, this year all of you had a big and important responsibility in the future of EFRA and your future of RC community with the election of a new EFRA president. Uh, you are going to choose, not just a person, you are going to choose which direction you want to take. I don't know if all of you rely, realize your responsibility in the day of in the day of in the day of day working Afra, I guess you're not aware because I have to say some of the frustration to leave Afra comes from becomes because of the lack of answers, proposals, feedback, and work of for and work for national federations and associate member side. From okay, so this is obviously from the national federations and associated member side because all of you have the keys of Afra to accept or refuse any project. Development plan rules and all and the power to use these keys have to be used during the year and not just in a couple of yes or no votes during the AGM. You have to be proactive. You have to support or don't support the EFRA board. You have to answer mails, accept drivers in the system, promote European championships in your country, get feedback of EFRA projects, and a, a lot more. I hope you choose the right option for EFRA's future and for your own future as well. But nothing will be valid if after the election, if after the election of the new EFRA president, you go home and keep up the same as now. My advice is be proactive and work for the RC community. Wow. That's amazing. So he- that's amazing. Fuck. That's like the one thing I've ever wanted to hear someone like say, say there because like Basically, Javier is said- 100% right. Yeah. Basically, he said everything we say, but yeah. nicer. Yeah, he said it in an official tone. Like, if I was there, I probably would say it that way. But that was like as that was as hard as you could go as a quote unquote uh, politician in RC. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what uh, are you supposed to say after that? Yeah, but the thing is, he's exactly right. Because yeah, the thing is, and well, obviously, the the solution is not to just like tell these people, hey, work harder. And Javier probably knows it. The real solution is to modify the federation in a way where you have these working groups that actually get shit done. And uh, like for people who want to get shit done, they should be given the opportunity to get shit done. And those who don't want to get shit done, they just show up at the meeting and vote yes or no. And that is the point uh, what I was talking about earlier and what I really want to see change in EFRA. The fact that, yes, they need a strong leader like Javier to show them the direction, 
But also, like Javier said, he needs to get the feedback, positive or negative, from the national federations, from people inside EFRA, working with EFRA. It's no good if it's just like a club of uh, old men that have been running RC, having that this one nice dinner at, at uh, some fancy hotel once a year and going to hot countries for a you know one week of vacation uh, like if more pretty much is like if you do that shit's not going to change you have to like you have to actually work to make shit happen and i think i think javier is absolutely right in what he said but sort of what i would like to add to that is that my point is that it's never going to work just like asking people to do more, we will have to make a change inside EFRA. Clearly, the way the Federation works is not providing any results that the people want. The people that Javier, the, the results that Javier wants, or what we want, or, or what most people who drive these events at least say they want, you know? So what we need to do is somehow find a better way of getting changes to happen. Like, Yes, doing making groups and stuff like that is is good, but you have to make it with a some goal, and that's something Efren needs to look into. What people that want uh, stuff to change need to look into that what is the best way to get things uh, made, and I think I think that's something that we as people and as people who want change like me and you, that's something we need to sort of. Uh, get an idea so uh, my take from this is exactly what i was telling somebody the other day I mean, they're like i'm gonna run for raw president and i'm like it takes more than one person so here we have javier he done four years as president i think that 10 years only one year so he actually got uh i think i, I might be wrong with that I don't know how long it is, but I, I saw something in the minutes about exchanging it from presidency to four years like anything else so mm-hmm. I think that Javier just realized it's going to take more than just him. It there has to be a drain in look. I'm as I'm going to use this as my Americans love these terms, and you know, uh, he's got to drain the swamp. And, exactly. Yeah. And I think he finally realized that, and I think he knows that it's going to have to either take a drastic, like, hostile takeover of this. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be by attrition. Now, by attrition, what I mean by that is like these people just eventually retire or, or give up. Uh, I saw that the um, secretary is going to do two more years and that's it. He said, he exactly said, we need new blood. But you mm-hmm. just have yeah. these these guys that don't want to relinquish that. I mean, it's, it's, it's and I'm not saying that their value still can't be used in, in, in EFRA and all these, and IFMAR, because a lot of these guys do are involved in IFMAR too. Mm-hmm. But man, something's got to happen. And um, yeah, I just it's not it's gonna take the same as raw like it's gonna take a collective group. You gotta oust those guys. There's people in these federations that want to do things differently. You gotta find, and they're probably stifled. Exactly everything we're saying, like this guy just proves everything we've seen. Yeah, and I think I think I haven't heard this before or anyone say this before this this publicly. And I think people should like 
people should like go and read the text and share it with people that are in their national federation that hey why the fuck are we in a situation like this like it's different for us to be like effort you suck you need to do things better this is how you do it better than the guy who's been in charge of effort saying we have done shit you know together we haven't done things that we want and i do. think so, and i think effort is the most progressive and best federation there's out there so that means that if mar and raw are absolute shit that's what yeah, that means does. yeah exactly <laughs> so you know um that's just the truth of the matter uh Javier, mm-hmm. thank you for your service i think yeah. i think you, i think you're going to be back and i think you're going to be back yeah. in a way that you can do much more much yeah. better things I should work to get him on this podcast next year. Not that he doesn't 100%. have, not that he doesn't have to be so political. Yeah, he can be savage. He can actually. Yeah, he's the type of guy that can actually start getting things to change because he's been in there and had mm-hmm. the experience and he's got a yeah. voice and all that stuff. And and my personal sort of, I always was a bit skeptical of like I always like what Javier said, but, but it's very political. A, but he had to be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was always a bit skeptical because of that politicalness, but I think the way he framed things here and him saying you need to make the right choice and, and so on, like I think there are clear indicators of what he was talking about if you know people mm-hmm. inside EFRA and people who was being voted in to the candidacy, uh, like who was, who was the pair of battling. I think, I think this was a clear sort of show that yeah, he he's willing to fight for the best of RC and to you know fight the uh, status quo that Efra is in right now, and generally all federations in RC are in. And I think, in my eyes at least, him saying these things uh, like just confirmed to me that he is, or at least wants to be the guy that he speaks out that he wants to be. You know. That's right. Well done, Javier. And good luck to Jacqueline. Uh, I forgot. Abayi. Abayi. Uh, I heard she worked very closely with uh, with Javier. So maybe, hopefully, she continues on his vision. And hopefully, yeah. we see Javier get him back. Because I think he, he will be good for this. And I think he can be way more effective now that he's been. Like I said, just he's been in there. He's got the experience. And now he can mm-hmm. be like, yeah, look. That's just the first salvo. I'd be blasting salvos like crazy if I was him. But I'm sure they have a very I'm sure he's we're gonna, this is not the last we've seen of Javier. And um yeah, yeah I think I, that's I, it. I hope he'll be back and it doesn't have to be that he he has to be back in in Ephra. He might maybe he maybe he's a consultant for RCGP, maybe he's a consultant for American Race Series, whatever it'll be. But at least in some form of him having the experience of the federation, and then sort of trying to translate that into the sort of business side of RC, I think that's something we are really missing—the connection between business and federation, which is like, like you know, EOS was called the sort of what black races black race. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's that's just RCGP the, too. So yeah. yeah, so I think luckily Javier made made that side of things at least more open, but it's still, there's a lot to work on. Sweet. Well, I think that's it. We kind of geeked out yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Um, Two and a half hours of geeking out about RC. I think that's enough for one week, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably more because we ain't got the main, main interview yet. Oh yeah. Uh, true. So I want to say thank you to whoever our guest is that either it's Miko Edmire or Clayton Young. Thank you to everybody 
Thank you too, Max, for your time and your effort. I mm-hmm. uh, appreciate it. It's been a good year. We're not over yet. We've got a couple of more shows to do by the end of the year. Don't forget our Apprentice competition. We're going to like do some official announcement of that, but that's the unofficial announcement. We're looking for Apprentice. Send us your video. Show us why you should... Show us why you should be a part of the NNRC. Don't tell me. Show me. Uh, and yeah, congratulations. Uh, good luck to everybody. Sorry. Good luck to going to AMS this weekend. Look forward to seeing who you. All right. Let's make some AMS predictions real quick. Who you, who you think is going in? Is Mayfield going? Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I, I'll say Fend Mayfield Fuller. <laughs> I'm going all in on Team Fuller this year, this last race. All in with Team Fuller. So is Mason for the win? Who is your second or third? I don't know. Fend or no or Mayfield or I don't know. Like because yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see somebody else rise from the ashes. Maybe oh, Coogden. I would be surprised Coogden won this uh, race. I don't know. I don't think. I think Heart Race is not the best tire for this race. Could be. Could be into a race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, J concepts. I think I, I'm pretty confident. Fan Mayfield Fuller. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't go wrong with that. I wouldn't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um. Good luck, right. everybody. Safe travels. See everybody next week at Florida Carpet Championships. Max, thank you for your time. I'm gonna let you go and do my spiel if you want to go because I know your girlfriend's probably saying it's time to go. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> I'll go. You I'll can't go. Salute nobody because you don't have a camera. Yeah, I'll do a virtual salute and and try to make a. Make something happen so I don't have to sleep on the couch. Yeah. No, thank you for your time and have a good weekend, good buddy. Yep. All right. See you guys in the future. Right. I don't know. Maybe in two weeks. <laughs> All right. Yeah, maybe. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, all right. So... Thank you guys for all the support. Thank you for tuning in. I know we kind of geeked out. Max ran a super science mode on some of the questions and things. You know how Max does it. Uh... Like I said, I'm off to Florida Copper Champs. This will be our last full podcast for probably a while. I will be doing some podcasts with JQ and Robert as we're down in South America. Probably just um, we will record and do them there. Um, and yeah, I uh, have a couple of things. Get out and vote, man. Get out and vote. If you're a raw member, get out there and vote. And uh, I think Clayton Young, just from my brief conversations I've had with him, even though I haven't done the interview with him yet as I'm recording this, is probably the best candidate for that. That's fixed raw. Uh, and uh, we're coming up to the holiday season here uh, If I don't see you guys I'll probably For Thanksgiving and all that stuff I'm going to be thrashing I'm going to be traveling So I probably won't see a post from me So all my American friends Have a good Thanksgiving You celebrate it You don't celebrate it I understand both situations And um, yeah, enjoy that Good luck Good safe travels to everybody Going to AS- AMS this weekend And going to Florida next weekend Thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all the support from the around the world. It's truly amazing to see how we've grown over the last year or so. Thank you to all the uh, patrons and NNR and YouTube of YouTube members of the NNRC. Remember, guys, if you wish to support the podcast a little extra, you can. You can find a link for that in the written description of this podcast for both of them. Shout out to the awesome sponsors that uh, help us out here and advertisers. They are Invisible Speed. TZO 200 Tires, TNR Fuels, High Tech RC, Beach RC, Mayako, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Papa Wheelie Stratched Tonic, G-Spec RC Doing, Sampadal USA, Clinic RC, Racecraft USA, RCGP, House of RC. Shout out to David Ronafalk, Jared Thibault Hagberg, Alexander Hagberg, and Robert Badier. Remember, if you want some NNRC swag or want to get some stuff done, 
for your real business or you want to get some RC stuff done in America, check out my good buddy, uh, Jason McCall at Art and Imprints. He's doing all my swag for me. He done his hat and I haven't got one. I haven't got one of shirts yet. I'll have one soon. If you're in the USA, check them out. If you're in Europe or the UK, check out RC Haws and uh, get some uh, NNRC swag as well. Both of these guys are open to doing business uh, outside of RC as well as RC with you. So go check them out if you're looking for a new printer. And um, yeah, uh, if you're rocking that NNRC swag, tag me in it. I like to see it where you two, where you are in the world and where you're running it. Um, I think that's it for me, guys. Going to get ready. Um, got to get out of here. Got to go to Florida. Looking forward to that. See all you guys there at the Florida Copper Champs and then see everybody in South America that probably doesn't listen to this podcast as much, but that knows me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thank you, everybody, for the opportunity. It's been a great 2022. I'm going to cap it off with a good year and get ready for 2023. Uh, the NNRC is now, I think, almost four years old. I think in seven days' time, it's the 11th, and I'm recording this, we released our first podcast. It was November 18th, 2018, when we did that. So coming up on four years of doing this, and it's been awesome. And uh, 214 episodes later, I'm still passionate about this i just need help then we need an apprentice so that said nitro is the glory e-buggy pays the bills if you ain't grinding inside and lefty max is going already maxi have a good weekend don't sleep on the couch we'll have plenty of jq coming up for three weeks when we go to south america so don't worry everybody he will be back with that said thank you everybody enjoy your weekend lefty is out